I'm Kevin Casey. I'm a professional mixed martial arts fighter. And right now, what I'm about to do is issue a warning out to all other competitors. I don't want overs. I just expect them to happen. Fatty's gonna fatty is real. I like wooden sides. Welcome to another edition of the MMA Analysis Podcast, a special edition because Lance is out of here, Sean's doing filthy things over in North Texas, uh, Alberta, uh, to try and pay for his house, you know, the, the stuff you gotta do. So we, we brought in a ringer this week, folks. <laughs> Wes is here, as always, all reliable, you know. Me, the guy that left for like two years, the backbone of the podcast for sure. Um, you know, the shoulders get tired from carrying these dudes around, but I've got some support this week. Dan Tom of MMA Junkie, other outlets, so many things. Uh, your own website, mixedmarshallanalyst.com, correct? Uh, <laughs> Spit on it a little, Brad. If you're gonna jerk it, that <laughs> um, yeah, Dan. Uh, thanks. For, we've been trying to do this for a while, and uh, and we finally we finally got it. I, I've bounced over to to your show a couple times. It, we've had a blast, and now we're uh, now we're really here at party. The gloves are off on on the anal cyst, if you will. How are you doing, buddy? It's uh, it's good to be here. Uh, it's always good to be on one of the few MMA podcasts that actually pops up on my feed. Is you guys are OGs. I might as well be on here. I mentioned you guys enough because even though I'm not a journalist, I try to do the journalistic thing and like give credit where it's due, um, which you know not enough do. And, and a lot comes from this year's show. So it's a pleasure to be here. I have to get Wes on my show now that you mentioned it. And real quick, this is you know what this feels like, guys. Real quick, this feels like. When you're getting your first class assignments, you've got like six periods here in America, so to speak. And some classes, like the teacher's smart and they know you and your gang and they split you apart. But sometimes you get that teacher that doesn't know any better and they let Brad and Wes sit next together. And next thing you know, I'm sitting next to them and I'm like, fuck yeah, I get to sit next to Brad and Wes. And then my next thought is, I am going to fail this class. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So this is what this show feels like. I'm sitting next to my friends. We'll We'll see how much trouble I get into. Yeah, I hope you're not planning on investing heavily in in this card because we're certainly not uh, here to win bets. That's that's not what we do around these parts. Uh, Wes, how are you doing today? I'm uh, I'm hanging in there, man. Um, staying staying busy, trying to trying to get everything for the little boy on the way here in a few weeks. Uh, yeah, it's uh it's awesome to have uh have our boy Dan on here. I, I know we uh, we bullshit a lot on though. Uh, the old Twitter space and, uh, you know, to, to, to spit on it and jerk it a little more. Uh, I've, <laughs> I, I've, I've said for a while, I think that, uh, Dan is, is absolutely one of the best, uh, pure analysts in this, in this space. And, uh, yeah, it's great to have him on this, uh, this little shitty show that we do every week and have fun and it's going to be awesome. All right. Um, yeah, with, without further ado, we're going to take a, a little trip down memory lane and look back at last week's card and then we'll hop into this week's tremendous offering from the UFC. I mean, they just they just keep knocking it out of the park for us, folks. So, you know, we, we picked a good one to get Dan on here with us. Uh, but last week we had 
I, I don't know why it says UFC Fight Night uh, Korean Zombie versus uh, Ige. Um, the the main event was obviously T-shirt in the pool title on the line between the champ Roque Martinez and my boy Carbo Parisian, the uh, the displaced <laughs> Parisian brother from the Midwest. Uh, and honestly, gentlemen, what a fight! This this delivered. Uh, we we've got Roque. I know he didn't get the decision. People laughed at me last week when I said this man was built for 25 minutes. But if you saw the way that this dude was coming on late in that fight, flying knee in the last 10 seconds, that, that is how you retain the T-shirt in the pool strap. Dan, what, what were your thoughts on this epic encounter? Yeah, you know, in your defense of the bill for 25 minutes, I mean, did people not forget about, like, Velasquez's bro theory that, like, the happiness is why he had the best cardio? Like, if that's true, I think Roki, because when he started fighting, it was about, like, Kane's prime. I think he just took that to the bank and he started cashing checks. <laughs> uh, but but speaking of cashing checks, I love Brad bets on fights, like how I pick restaurants to eat in Hawaii, where, like, the guy like Roki eating there, I'm like, we picked the right place, guys. This is the right place. We made a good choice. Uh, and that seems to be how Brad bets on fights, which I'm not hating. And uh, yeah, it was it was impressive. I, I wasn't watching too too closely, as I, I don't know why. I always end up like oddly enough eating during these points of the card. Like, Brad goes on dog walks during women's fights. I eat during heavyweight fights. It's a weird, destructive <laughs> thing going on. But uh, I didn't watch too much. I actually thought uh, Carbo lost, but. Uh, but, man, uh, I think he must have impressed the judges in the last two rounds, I'm guessing. I don't know if you guys were on that fight aside from the over, but maybe not because wasn't the over just all, all, all hell? Oh, I I was on fight goes the distance in that one and uh, a little sprinkle on, on Carbo by decision uh, just because I thought he was going to win. Um, I didn't really have thoughts about the, the decision one way or the other. It could have gone either way. It's... I, I don't think you can classify that as a, a bad decision or a robbery. But, uh, Wes, your your thoughts on on the big boys getting it done? Yeah, I, I'm. I, I thought I thought Roque probably um, you know squeaked that one out. Um, yeah, it, it's it's crazy how, about how on point you were on that fight, with, which you usually are with with these uh, t-shirt in the pool guys. Um, Roki was coming on in the third man, like you said, he was throwing fucking flying knees and shit, like. Um, yeah, he keeps the strap, in my opinion. Got to keep the strap. Built, built for twenty five minutes, but it's almost like it's like the the Nate Diaz. Like if all fight, if all Nate Diaz fights were ten rounds, he'd never lose. If all fights, if Roque was in nothing but twenty five minute fights, he'd be heavyweight champ of the world. That's right. And uh, if he gets cut coming off of this performance, I mean, <laughs> Dan, you sent me a, a little picture of uh, the PFL weigh ins today. They look like they're. Uh, dipping the proverbial toe in the t-shirt in the pool division so he's gonna snatch up that million dollar contract if he goes over there yeah i mean what other job can you show up looking like that guy and be like i'm showing up for potentially a million dollars that's that's pretty dang impressive he didn't have to put on a suit he didn't have to crunch any numbers he just looked up just stood up there and was like the epitome of male i was i was, I was jealous frankly <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll, we'll move on from this. Uh, one of the highlights of the, the card, certainly. The, the final fight to go on uh, of that card was Korean Zombie taking a unanimous decision over Dan Ige. 
I don't think quite the excitement people expected out of the fights, uh, but hard to blame a guy like uh, like Zombie for you know just showing he was the superior wrestler, submission grappler, and uh, getting that decision. Uh, and you know we know from Danny Gay at this point that it's, uh, he's not going anywhere unless uh, unless somebody's really able to to put it on him. Wes, anything on the main event? Yeah, I, I thought it was a, a a decent performance from uh from Zombie. Um, I, I thought it was a, a little a little funny that he was a, a dog in the spot. Uh, I, I guess I got it, but I mean, even his losses lately, we even talked about it. He's he's looked really good at most of the you know portions of of the fights. I mean, uh, I talked about it last week. I was at the you know uh, the the Yair fight, and he's just absolutely obliterating him, looking great, and gets caught with something. So. Um, yeah, I, I think he said that he, his shoulder popped out at, at one point in that fight now, uh, like the, the second or third round. So maybe that's why he, he went to the, the heavy the heavy wrestling uh, in the, the third, fourth, and fifth round. But, um, you know, Ige's a, a, a tough, good out for, for anybody. And I thought, I thought Zombie looked really good against him. So um, I, I don't know what you do with Zombie next. It's got to be, like, close to a title shot, right? I mean, he's, like, right there. Maybe another fight against a top contender. But um, I, I still like Zombie. I still think he's very, very skilled. We saw kind of a different kind of realm to his fights with the wrestling in this one. So, yeah, I mean, he's a tough out for anybody. And uh, throwing it over to our Portuguese friend, Dan <laughs> Tom. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I know that uh, that your bias definitely had you uh, rooting for the the Hawaiian in this one, uh, but but what were your overall thoughts on the main event? Yeah, I guess I can't pour one out, so I'll pour one in and I'll join you, Brad. Here, yeah, there's that, some fruitless technically, so you guys can make fun of me too, as well as Brad. There, <laughs> cheers. Um, actually, Steve, we're going with oh. we got a stout going on tonight, so oh. yeah broadening my horizons, you know? I'm all about personal growth. Vitamin water right. and uh, Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> Look at that over there. Keep it responsible, my man, my man. Yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah no, I, I obviously was biased, but at the same time, wasn't too surprised um, with uh, the grappling and wrestling part because that was the reason why I was, you know, even though I did yeah, it wasn't like the most confident pick in the world. Um, but it was just based off durability. And even though Zombie's chin held up and he wrestled at the right time, I forgot to talk about this on my podcast, so I'm glad Wes mentioned it. That, that shoulder, man, that actually worried me more than the chin because obviously people know that the shoulder has kept him out of certain fights before. It's hurt him in certain fights, like with Aldo, dating back to 2014. And uh, knees are common. Even backs are kind of you know, really, like, fickle. But shoulders from... Thankfully, not so much my experience of having anything too serious, just like minor labrum tears. But people I know, like I used to train with a guy, Polly, and he had bad shoulder problems. And once it's just at a certain point, once it's gone, a lot of cartilage, a lot of stuff, you're just going to constantly have it popping in and out, whether you're on a bag, um, going that hard, you're in sparring, or in an actual fight. So that's something to really think about going forward as he gets older, despite as ageless as he is. But yeah, I got no issue there. Uh, I missed on an underbet. On an underbet, I did think that, you know, Maybe, you know, he would rock Ige and get a sub or Ige was going to knock him out, but uh, went to decision. Yeah, it's a, that's a really good point going forward, though, about the shoulder problems that he's had for years and years now. Um, yeah. 
that that's at this point, it looks like it's always going to be a problem. So that's something to think about going into any fight that you might be considering placing a wager on, on the Korean zombie. That's one of those things that once it happens once, uh, as it did in the Aldo fight, uh, all those years ago, it, it is far more likely to happen again as well. So, uh, Definitely a concern, and who knows how long that's going to keep him out before his next fight. Um, but the division's on hold anyway. Uh, I actually completely forgot that tough was happening, and and that was uh, a thing again uh, until it popped up on my timeline I'm, uh, I'm yesterday actually, or a couple days ago. I'm actually watching it. Um, I've never, I've never missed a tough episode. I watched them all. I kind of, I kind of feel like I'm obligated now. It's almost one of those like you're watching a shitty TV series, and it's like I can't stop now. I gotta like finish it. Um, yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching. Tom. Yeah. How is it? It's, it's, it's not like oh tough job. anymore. It, it's literally like guys that are legitimately there to win and learn and fight and train to where it used to be like twenty percent that and eighty percent dudes getting fucked up and doing dumb shit. Uh, it just seems like almost like just business now. It, I just watch it for the fights mainly. Got some decent has anybody, there. Has anybody ejaculated on food since Bader season? I, I don't. I don't think we've ever seen that besides that season. <laughs> but I, I like the one recently where. Um, uh, well, it's not been recent, but you know where they're just letting each other knock knock each other out and shit like. Dude's like, like, punch me. You can't knock me out. Okay. And just cracks him, concuss the dude, you know, lights and they're trying to get a cut. Yeah, that, that's when the show was just, was peak. Oh, man. I mean, was there anything better than uh, history of neck problem, Mikey Burnett getting drunk and running headfirst into a wall, though? I mean, that's... <laughs> oh. <laughs> a plus tell. How can you, how can that shit not win Emmys? Like, that's like, <laughs> That's that's peak television, bro. All right. Yeah, I, I only watched a few tough seasons, so I, I got nothing, guys. I'm actually really bad. That's my blind spot. So, bravo, sir. I, I think the the last one that I really watched was the live season, which was like 15 or something, if I recall correctly. So it, underrated one. Yeah. It used to it it used to really pay off on when those guys would have their first couple of fights in actual. Uh, UFC, like it would, it would really, really pay off if you watch those seasons, uh, especially like their first fight out and they matched up a bunch of them against each other. Um, you could snipe just crazy lines. Like I remember off the Brazilian season with Warley on it. Um, I, Warley was like a dumb price in his first fight and tough because he fought another guy on the show, but they did that a lot off of those seasons when they matched up, uh, two fighters that lost on the season. Um, it, it used to be really profitable. It's, it's not like that. Smart. But that's a good yeah, segue for uh, a little bit later on in the show. Well, yeah, it is. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to fly through the rest of this card pretty quick. Uh, I remember bits and pieces of it and have already forgotten a, a good deal. Um, women's flyweight division, Casey the Queen O'Neill uh, choked out. <laughs> I, I listened to your podcast earlier today, Dan, and... Uh, I think you had the best description of this one. You're just like, oh, I hope she doesn't shoot her pants. Please don't shoot your pants. Um, and uh, from all accounts, she did not. Um, I don't think she was wearing white 
so we can't really be sure. Uh, but but there was nothing trickling down the legs, so I think I think we're safe there. Uh, thoughts on the second best Scottish fighter in the UFC? You're asking me, yeah, I uh, yeah, Jesus, yeah, we got, you got to do a name with a Procopio involving uh, you know, you, you you know what? Um, but no, yeah, man, Casey O'Neill, she's got a little bit of a mix. She got a bit of Australian, a uh, little bit of the. The bias, I guess she's been training a lot in my stomping grounds there, uh, my backyard there, Extreme Couture. Um, and good things, man. It's going to do a lot for her confidence. I was kind of worried she could have got burned, so I was kind of reluctant to touch it. And then I was like, you know what? This is plot's money. Why not just throw a little bit on there? Um, and not by sub, just kick for coverage. It was fine. Uh, but, yeah, like, I, I get, I'm just afraid to get too excited because I can already feel the rest of the community getting excited on her behalf, which can lead to certain lines. So we'll see. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, that's, you know, low-level women's MMA, take the dog. Low-level heavyweights, take the dog. That's that's uh, two rules to live by in MMA betting. Wes, any thoughts on this one? Uh, not, not much. O- O'Neal looked, looked okay, I guess. Um, yeah, it's you don't want to get too hyped up for, for some of these lower-level type women's MMA fights. So uh, we'll, we'll watch and see. Yep. Poor Laura Propecia. Or is it Prolapsio? I don't know. <laughs> uh, moving up. Lightweight division. Ricky Glenn. Whew. Ricky Glenn. My uh, goodness. Yeah, this one this one stung me a little bit because uh, I was on, on Joaquin Silva on this one, but uh, looking more like River uh, than, than Joaquin. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Rick the Viper Glenn, the Viper Room Glenn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, Wes, uh, anything on this one? Yeah, just though. Oh, uh, oh, fucking, oh, oh, Ricky Glenn, man, got me. I, I, I like Silva in this spot. Um, I, I thought it was a you know a fairly close fight. I just man a, a three year layoff for Rick, Rick Glenn coming in here. Um, I, I if you said you saw Rick Glenn literally one punch in this guy uh, buy a lottery ticket. Like I I never saw Rick Glenn getting like some thirty second KO over Silva. So you know props to him, man. Um, that, that was a great punch. Got him out of there. So yeah, go uh, go Ricky Glenn. Yeah, everyone's joking about the name, but like that's I think that, that's the only thing you can really point to because even people picking or playing Rick Glenn was like he's gonna blanket him right, it's gonna be an attritional thing. He doesn't like one shot guys, you know, he it was trending, you know, older injury. Like Rick Glenn just had hip surgery, and I could hear Wes like already walking to the window after hearing that on the commentary. You're like, <laughs> Let's get this thing going. While he's always looking like, you know, as, as you say the parlance of the show, magma up and uh I don't blame anybody uh, that took, took a shot there, not just Wes. Um, and, uh, yeah, because I didn't see that coming either. I, I, I was I was surprised at the movement that was coming in on Glenn, but I don't even think those people saw it going that way in in, in your defense. So, Yeah, you you would have to think that it was going to be Glenn trying to grind him out for some, for some rounds and stuff. And, yeah, Silva looked like he ate a buffet full of mountain yams coming in there. Like, my, <laughs> my goodness, dude. That 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 chin needed a mountain yam on it because it was it was bad. 
<laughs> All right, moving up to the welterweight division, we had uh, what's his actual name? I don't know. It also also starts with a, a K, but Chaos Williams defeats Matt Semmelsberger, uh, our boy Dan from from pers- Persecution Fight Team. Uh, couldn't get it done this time. He was uh, a little bit scared, uh, or not, I don't want to say he was scared, but he a little bit timid, uh, I would say, because of the, the power coming back at him on in the other side of the cage there. But uh, Chaos still has to make those technical improvements, but there's definitely some raw tools there for sure. Dan? Yeah, I mean, like, I think, you know, we didn't know. Like, I think on one of your early breakdowns, he's, you know, he's, it's hard to tell Chaos was coming in because on his, on his picture, wiki picture, he had the Chaos going across the front of the trunks, which made your guys, you know, judgment as the home of the hog analysis a bit off. And, you know, mine was a bit too. I think it's clear, like Brad said, there's some raw tools there for sure, right? But it's just molding it because he's still swinging like really wild. Uh, like a, a friend of the show, Paul was saying, right? Uh, on Twitter, I was discussing with him. Uh, Paul Shag, and but at the same time, like if you listen to his corner, his corner was really smart. There, there's some really underrated dudes. Uh, it's like a not much known gym in there, like Detroit or something. But like he was calling everything. He was spot on, uh, saying what he needed to do, fainting. And the fact that like a guy that like looks like Rogan would be, you know, if if, if Chaos Williams fought on a Rogan card, we would just hear about him gassing the whole time. The fact that Chaos Williams was keeping that pace, yeah, I think he's got yeah. potential. And we got to be careful on how, how how much you want to invest someone in, in the future, but. I think there's some there's some there's some positive seeds planted in the rawness there. We'll see. Absolutely. And uh, Wes, how how raw is Chaos Williams? Yeah, I mean, he uh he definitely looked more under controlled and more tactical in that fight. I think Dan's right. Some of those kind of shovel punches and shit that he was still still throwing in the fight, and I will say in the in the third round. Uh, Simmelsberger started letting his punches go a little more. Like I think he took a, a couple from Chaos and was like, "Okay, you know they're they're big, but you know I can still throw back at this." And uh, he looked good. I think he won that third round. So um, I think that was his problem in this fight. He was just way too tentative. And of course, man, Chaos does hit hard. So, but but you can't just shrink up in the moment and just not throw. You're you're gonna lose decisions like that. And uh, that's exactly what happened. And, yeah, I mean, if chaos, like, um, you know, we watched Michelle Pereira, that was just an absolute madman. And once he, like, settled down, got to a decent camp, started getting an okay game plan and, and fighting under control, the guy looks pretty good. I, I think Chaos Williams can kind of be sort of in that mode, uh, just more under control. And, like, look look at the just – he look he's he's just – we hate to say it, but he's athletic as fuck, man. Like, that, that guy's – I think he could be could be pretty decent. Certainly could, uh, and still relatively young as well, so uh, we'll see where he goes. Moving on up the cards, we are down in the strawweight division, and, you know, one of my personal favorites, Vina Handyjoba, looked like uh, she was imbued by the spirit of Rob Schneider in The Waterboy. She could do it, and she did it, Uh, and then... Kind of, I don't know what this trend is lately. We we had it uh, a little while ago, or I guess two weeks ago, with uh, with Dan's guy Jamal, uh, and now we have it with Kanako Murata, where people just get their shit snapped all over the place, and nobody wants to stop the fucking fight. Uh, <laughs> I 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Wes, uh, what do we got going on here? Yeah, she she looked she looked good. Now that that what props to Murata like uh, tough as hell, but man, sometimes you're just too tough for your own good, and the the people around you need to get pull you out of spots like that. Uh, whether it had been the ref, I mean, the ref has got the best view of that. Looking at her arm, just it was obviously dislocated. I mean, that was bad. It was hanging. She wasn't using it. Um, I guess I don't. I don't even know if her corner stopped. I think it was the doctor that eventually stopped it. So that that was just bad around. But Murata, tough as tough as nails, man. And um, yeah, it was a was a good performance. Yeah. Yeah, man. Japan uh, really really living up to our stereotype of that never say die attitude, man. It's it's crazy uh, that just to see that kind of still persist. Um, persist today uh but uh but you know it, 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 it's it's also you know the, the, the very proud warriors and you know uh verna seemed to give her much respect and man much respect to verna i know you know we definitely make our jokes and and i love brad's nicknames which is funny because she looks like she <laughs> she looks like she has a zero d in her diet but like we're just gonna roll with that name but <laughs> no like honestly all jokes aside like uh, between her improved striking to give her credit as a fighter and her post-fight post, I don't know if you saw her with all those beers, like, well-deserved. Oh, yeah. like, I'm becoming that. a big, big fan boys. of Verna. Yeah, like yeah man. I'm, I, hey, man, I'm becoming a fan of Verna. I don't say any of that as a negative, obviously. Uh, you know, we, we make our jokes and all, but, like, that stuff makes me happy and stuff. Like, it, I think she's really come along. Um, I don't know if the odds makers are and the public, because, you know, in hindsight, you could look at the opener and say the opener wasn't wide enough, much less – the public money, I believe, made that line tighter. So I'm curious if they're going to overcorrect it the next time out uh, or not. But, man, props to Verna, man. So a good honor. And hopefully Watanabe's can, can be attached to that thing. Uh, what do you guys call those beers down south of the border? Because up, up here we call them schooners. Schooners. Whoa. You know? I, don't, I don't even think we – I don't think we have a name for them. It's just like a the, the big boy – you order those at the restaurant, it's like, give me the, the big boy. It's like a 44-ounce or some shit like that. It's just massive. That's fair. You know we, we've got to have names for everything up here. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a schooner if, uh, if you're north of the border. Schooner. And you're looking for a little bit more beer. It's not uh, a sailboat. Is... That's a schooner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You stupid kid. Um <laughs> You made a, a, another uh, Kevin Smith reference on your show. Uh, you're not even supposed to be here today, Dan. What the yeah. hell, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're lucky. The first recording of it, I actually like my favorite, and I started ranking. I'm like, what am I doing? This isn't a Kevin Smith podcast. It's an MMA podcast. <laughs> um, I, I mean, we could probably go through and rank some Kevin Smith fights uh, instead of talking about this next fight because I do not remember it at all. Uh, Nick. Nick N um, defeats uh, Alexa Kamer. Uh, Alexa, oh, there's no response there. It just nothing happened uh, once you once you ask for Alexa. Uh, Dan, anything? Dude, nothing too. Yeah, I, I think I I don't remember watching this. I think not because I wasn't. It just I think maybe I tried. My eyes just started reverting. <laughs> yeah, to your point, like what the hell is going on and. Again, when you say, like, this was light heavyweight, but when you said that, you know, um, lower-level heavyweight men's fights or women's fights, the dog is a safe bet. And whether or not you want the dog, sure as shit, I'll lay the chalk. And that was, I think, everyone's unanimous 
you know, I, even people like me who pick camera were like, don't lay that. And yeah. Keep them out of your parlays. Keep them. And sure enough, it was a dog or bus. So good on Nick. I mean, the, the piece that kind of goes along with that, you know, low level heavyweights, low level women's fights. Uh, the other piece that kind of completes that is that every light heavyweight is actually a heavyweight. So this could technically be considered a low-level heavyweight fight. <laughs> These are just the guys that are dumb enough to go and cut the weight. Um, yeah. Wes, any, anything to add here? No, that this was a, a, a really, really bad fight. And, uh, yeah, uh, Dan did the dumb hit. I, I picked Kamer, but said there's no way you could lay that kind of juice on him. And, of course, in a low-level fight like this, uh, the dog is usually the way to go if you want to wanna put out some dollars. Speaking of the dog being the way to go, and a guy you do not want to lay chalk on, uh, and one we actually got right, which, you know, that's always nice. Uh, Matt Brown just deads Diego Lima in the second round. Uh, Tremendous stuff. Um, Yeah, hard not to be happy for him. Wes? Yeah, this was this was really cool to see Matt Brown come back at, at this this point uh, in his career. Get get a, not only a win but uh, just a incredible knockout and uh, couldn't couldn't have been a better opponent, honestly, for for him to fight here. Um, I, I guess Lima looked okay in the in the first round, um, but man, we talked about it. I think people just kind of forgot over the the past few fights of his just how bad his chin has historically been against dudes that can actually punch. You know, um, I, I like Bilal and all, and I think he's a, a decent fighter, but he doesn't have serious power, not even like Matt Brown has. So um, after they kind of fucked us on our on our Paul Craig sub bet that should have cast for us, um, we we hit the nail on the head here with Matt Brown by KO. It was just a stupid dumb price, like I think it ended up closing at around plus four fifty or something like that. It actually went yep. up from what we got. Yep. Just absolutely insane. So uh yeah, um love seeing Matt Brown uh, get another KO and I love cashing that KO prop. Diego Lima is like the patron saint of looking good until he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, he yeah, is dude. one of those guys. Uh, Dan, anything to add on Brown and Lima? No, man, I'm pretty uh, happy with this one as well. This was one I played. This is one of the few that I hit, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so, of course, I was happy on that. Um, it, you know, all the pieces to me just lined up. It was just we, we've, we've seen a lot of reminders. We saw one in PFL. We saw one with uh, Leon and Nate that, like, no matter how smart, safe, or how much you're blowing a guy out of the water to any degree, if you're not a finisher or you're not finishing – um, it's just dangerous to be in there with with you when you're actually facing a finisher um, who's you know who, who's been in those those battles before, and uh, that that is Matt Brown and, and you know the whole Lima's brothers both of them they always fight with their backs to the cage and that's what kills them in one way or another whether they're getting knocked out or wrestled and uh, yeah that's where Matt Brown does most of his damage hindsight I kind of wish I laid it more uh, but yeah one of the few one of the few ones that cash so I'll take it. The hindsight's always twenty twenty in this game. Uh, one that I, I wish I had the hindsight on, uh, took a little shot on, on the turd man by submission and it, uh, it started off in the right direction, but it very quickly went the wrong direction once, uh, Bruno Silva got on top and whew, those were some coffin nails. Dan? 
Yeah, like that was that was really rough. I don't I don't blame anybody that took a shot there because even though I picked uh, Bruno Silva, it's hard to know what you were gonna get. Um, and you know he's kind of showing a more refined version on the regionals, like an M one, just that kind of rough and tumble style. But he's got really heavy hands that translates to the floor. Um, I'll say this, and you guys can, as I passed on to Wes, it, it's disturbing about Terman that he's getting knocked out and, you know, fed to the Wolves. Fed to the Wolves, like everybody gets fed to the Wolves from Max Holloway to especially fighters of today with the way the UFC is wired. But when you see a guy, especially a guy that looks like the Terminator, right, and he's just the chin just does not seem to be there. That worries me. I know we just mentioned Diego Lima, but, like, do you guys – Diego Lima's at least been around for a while. Do you guys know any other guys that really just came up looking like units but they just didn't have that chin? Because I feel like there's been so many of those guys. I can't think of them, but I, I see all their souls every time Wellington Tournament gets knocked out. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of the guys that just didn't have the chin, but usually when you see it with these, like, young guys that are look like that, it's more that they've got a little bit of that, like, quit in them. Uh, but this guy, he doesn't even get the chance to, to get to that point, really. It's uh, it's over before that ever happens. West Queen. Yeah, that... That that ground and pound from from Silva was nuts, and I, you know, I, I kind of like Silva going into this fight, but you know, coming off a you know a USADA suspension, you're like, was it the was it the gear that was that was he was throwing all this power with, and apparently not. I mean, uh, like Dan just said about about Thurman's chin, though, like maybe he does have a slightly bad chin early, which is which is kind of crazy, but. Man, that grounded pound was vicious, and um, I'm I'm intrigued by Silva now. I wanna I wanna see some more, and uh, hopefully it is pure power. And you know, he was just one of those guys that got caught doing you know doing the bad shit that that's traceable at this point. Because uh, I'm I'm sure there's still a lot that that like to do the games that get the good shit. So did he get a, a performance of the night bonus because maybe he can afford the good stuff moving forward get get the good shit Bruno get the good shit <laughs> and we're just gonna keep the, uh, the the train rolling as far as the chins go here because featherweight division Sung Wu Choi reminded us all that Julian Arosa is in fact Julian Arosa and man he whoo, yeah he he got smoked. Like a juicy J, if you will. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Look, Julian Arosa has cost me a little here lately, but yep. he is who I thought he was, and I think I think Choi's pretty good, man. Um, mm-hmm. I know he had a, a a tough couple fights against some guys that have come back and looked really, really good as of late, and uh, and Elowev and, and Tucker, I believe. Um, but Choi's really young, man. Uh, just a massive guy for this division. And, uh, I know it's Jillian Arosa though. So we need to see another one, but I, I think Choi could be pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, I found out I'm more Portuguese than Korean, but I will say Choi is making us proud of him. He's really doing the Asian solid, right? He's, uh, he's a stud, like you guys said. Uh, and, and I shouldn't have overlooked him. I did. I paid the price for it. I took a shot on Juicy J, and you know, I'll just sum it up with, I think, you know, I always joke, and there's a chance to use the, the Ferris Bueller uh, day off gift of Cameron going, I'm dying, because uh, that's who Rosa looks like, Cameron, from Ferris Bueller's day off, but I think that movie really, you know, was trying to tell us something, you know, we, we think it's the flu, 
But no guy with the flu goes and has that day with Ferris, right? I, I think the motherfucker Barossa was concussed, all right? He was concussed in that movie. That's why he's all emotional through the whole day, right? And the movie cuts off, but I, 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 even though he accepted it, he wrecked his dad's car, his dad came home and beat the shit out of him, man. And he really did a number on that chin. So now you fast forward. He's in the UFC. You know, he's getting, he's getting kicked over in cage warriors. He can't win all this emotional baggage and that chin is just getting chipped away and i think Choi knew it he came out here and knocked him out so i'll take the l that is that is quite the breakdown sir that is i you know story, story time break time yeah that, that's break, right that's, that's worked in a, a little movie action in there that's that's everything that we come to do at, at this show um yeah for me i i don't know how i i got scared off this one um, probably because of Nate fucking Landwehr, because I was on Choi in his last fight, and I was against Arosa in his last fight. The price and, came down too, like the uh, the hour before the fight. I think Choi got down to minus one forty or minus one thirty five or something, which was just crazy. Damn. It happens. It happens. Uh, next up in the bantamweight division, we had a, a rematch that everyone kind of thought was going to go the other way than happened the first time. And it did. Uh, although I have to say that Davy Grant put on a way better performance than I anticipated. I, I thought this was going to be uh, a lot more one-sided. And even though he got the, the hurt put on him a little bit in this fight, uh, especially from some of those elbows, uh, he he made another good account for himself. I, I don't know what it is with these, you know, old British dudes with busted wheels coming back and turning themselves into strikers. But uh, I, Davy Grant is, uh, I'm enjoying the Renaissance, even if it was, didn't result in a victory here. Dan? Yeah. What is that? I feel like from Brad Pickett to Bisping to like, unless you're Tom Breeze, you're English, you're getting better with age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like everyone but Tom – I'm not trying to pick on old Tom Breeze there, man. But uh, Hey, Tom Breeze is going to come back into the UFC at that. like 35 years old. He's <laughs> right. going to be straight. Everything's going to be good, and that man's going to become a champion or something. Yeah. Uh, Davey Grant looks like uh, like someone someone's dad. He is a dad. I hope his kids can recognize him because, like – he looked like something out of one of Tim Burton's like animated movies with like the stitches and stuff after that fight. That was scary, man. Uh, it's like too tough for your own good right there. But he's an easy guy to root, root for because I, I like weird guys who overachieve. But I was on Vera here. Um, I, I think I might have had him like a small parlay for fun, but there wasn't much to, to, to pair with. Um, and he was pretty juiced up. So uh, I wasn't any strong on an angle on this fight. I just figured Vera would, would pull it out. And uh, Vera is like the same guy, but better. He still kind of has slow starts. He can be hit a lot early, uh, but he turns it on, and he's adding those elbows with his body work that he already does, and I'm all about it. So he doesn't have to be a top-five fighter for me, but just keep Vera in fun fights, and, and you know, we'll see what we can do. Wes? Yeah, that David Grant did, did take a beating in this one, man. Um, the, this was just a guy that that, that left hook wasn't going to get out of there. Like, he, he wasn't going to get Vera out of there with that one-shot left hook that he'd been catching on, guys. It was just not going to happen. I thought Vera was a gift, personally. Uh, minus 200, uh, I thought that was just crazy here. I, we talked about it on, on the show last week that uh, from their first fight, Davey Grant had fought like four times to where Marlon uh, Vera had fought like 17 times or something <laughs> like that. 
it like completely turned into a different fighter, uh, moved way up the rankings, was fighting high level opponents while Davy Grant was injured and not fighting and stuff. So, uh, the change of, of who these fighters were when they fought the first time or this time was massive. And, um, I, I just, I, I thought it was a way bigger gap than minus 200 personally. Um, yeah, I, Barry's a, a decent fighter, man. Uh, I'm not sure he's ever going to be like top five material or anything like that, but I think he's a guy that you could match up against younger dudes that you think might be able to break through. And, and he's the kind of gatekeeper type guy that maybe, your, your top 10, top seven kind of prospects at this point. And uh, he's going to be a tough out. Absolutely. And finally on this card, uh, Sergey Spivak. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know how I, I didn't actually have a, a bigger play on this because I talked about it on the podcast. I said over one and a half here. Uh, it was like plus 135, plus 140, and... I don't, I don't know. I need to go back and listen to the podcast myself, get us our like eighth uh, or ninth view of the week and, uh, <laughs> and make whatever plays I suggest. And I would probably make some more money, but I'm dumb and I don't do that. And, uh, yeah, got the decision over the old man, Alexei Olenek. The, uh, he tried for the Ezekiel choke at one point, just wasn't there. Wes? <laughs> yeah, I had a, I had a pretty, uh, Pretty good size bet on on Vera and Spivak together. Um, I, I really like Spivak in this fight. And I, we we've made fun on the made fun of the guy on the show quite quite a bit. In the I past. mean, there's nobody we haven't made fun of on the show. Yeah, he, <laughs> he's he's not that bad as a heavyweight man. No, like um, he's decent on the feet. Um, he has some pretty good takedown defense in this fight. I know um, uh, he did give up a couple takedowns, I believe, but um, that choke just at this point, it's not going to work on guys that, that just aren't just horrible and not know anything, uh, what they're doing on the mat. And, uh, I mean, I, I think Olenek is like 45 or something now, which is just, it's, it's crazy, man. He's, he's way too old to be fighting. We, we've seen him get, uh, completely obliterated by a couple heavyweights before this fight, too. So, um, I, think it's about time for for uh, alexi to probably call it or, or maybe go fight some bums over you know overseas or something but uh, speedback's okay man i i guess he's it's the division I, we're, we're talking about you know just the level of a division uh when we talk about heavyweights now not necessarily you know the the fighters in it and and speedback's a decent guy in that division so we'll see yeah yeah, man, I, 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 you guys nailed it, and I should have kept my original pick as a Spivak. I actually went back, which I rarely do with staff picks at a junkie, and I changed it to Grandpa Grandpa. I think that dang PFL, just someone got Ezekiel, and I was like, oh, it's a sign, Grandpa Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I went a little too deep. I got a little too carried away with the old man. The brown I got away with, this one I did not, clearly. And uh, you know what he reminds me of? Because you guys are saying it's the division, how good is he? I'm still not impressed with him. Although I've been wrong about Spivak clearly, so I, I want to give him his credit here. But let's just say I can see why you want tooth and nail with Tabora because he's going to be that fighter where he's either going to come out and deceptively overperform in a really unimpressive way, or he's just going to get randomly blown out of the water, um, even if you think he's going to lose. So it's that consistency, but also the consistent toughness. He's got like a little bit of both, and he's he's getting to be pretty well rounded, even though he's not going to like blow you out of the water in one way. It was it was enough to get the job done here against a. All the Linux. So we'll, we'll see what speedback gets going forward. 
old Linux. There you go. All right, that's uh, way too long of a recap for uh, a card like that, uh, but we will move on to this week's offering. We've got 13 fights. Uh, honestly, some of them are going to be real quick, uh, but we're going to kick it off in the lightweight division. We have the rebooking of Yancy Medeiros and Demir Hadzovic. Uh, Dan, I'll, I'll let you kick this one off since I'm sure you have some uh, some inherent bias in this one. <laughs> well, is Hadzovic Portuguese? Sorry. Yeah, no, hey, man, I, I like Hadzovic uh, not here, but I, I've liked him before, so I don't think I'm overlooking him here. He's been at Rumbleboards, so... I think he might have just stuck around because this fight was like a rebooked. Um, something happened with one of them. I forget. I think Hadzovich or Yancey. I, I can't remember. And uh, so they're going to go at it again. The, the line was a little tighter with Yancey still the dog. And I honestly thought it was going to be even. Should have been pushed to even with like maybe open. Because Yancey is a slight favorite, better competition. So to see he's not a strong lean, but just out of principle, I think the wrong guy's favored. I took a shot at Madero's. Excuse me. I just think that, like, the wrestling and the grappling, he's not going to get out grappled there. And striking, if his chin holds up, which I like that Medeiros has only fought, like, once in two years because he's super experienced. I'm not worried about that layoff. Guys coming back from layoffs are doing, like, really good right now. So I took a shot on Medeiros. I don't know how you guys feel, and, and, and I'm not telling anybody to follow me off that cliff, but that's where my money's at. Wes? Yeah, uh... I remember we kind of broke this down last time. I, I, I kind of had a hard time picking uh, a side last time. Um, I think I might have been favoring uh, Hadjevich, um, just because I, I think he can he can put a little more more pressure on. But um, I, I think what I liked before and what I even like uh, now in this fight is fight doesn't go or the under here. Um, I, I think these guys are going to get in some exchanges. Yancey always seems to have exchanges in his fights. And and whether his chin holds up or not here, uh, Yancey's got a little power. So um, I, I think one of these guys are going to get finished within the 15 minutes. Um, I think the line was a little closer last time, so maybe that's kind of how I, I, I leaned uh, with, with Hajovic. Um, it, it, I think it should be more of a pick em. And Yancey being at plus 125 or so, that's probably uh, – you know, one of those to just pick the dog here in our little pick em contest in Toutmaster. And I, I like the under inside the distance. I think one of these guys get, gets, uh, they get into some exchanges and somebody gets, gets out of there. Yeah, I kind of uh, agree with both you guys on this one. I, I lean a bit towards Yancey. Uh, I lean to him in the first booking of this fight. Uh, I just did a, a quick search on the old Google machine and uh, apparently, the fight was scrapped last time around due to Hadzovic having some health issues. Um, doesn't sound like COVID, but it's just maybe, like a month ago, though, right? Yeah, Maybe so. a, a poor weight cut or something like that uh, pulled that off the card. Um, so that's a thing. And going into that first fight, it was actually uh, Yancey as a short notice replacement for somebody else. I, I don't remember. So now Yancey's had some more time to, to train and, and get a little bit ready for the fight, um, knowing who the opponent is, all that sort of stuff. And, and we're getting a, a bit of a bigger line than we got the, the first time around. So I do like Yancey. Uh, I also think there's probably going to be a, a finish in this fight. So that under is, is tempting as well. Um, 
combining those two things, I have no idea what Yancey inside the distance is. Um, a, a quick uh, look at the now terrible best fight odds uh, says it's Yancey inside is plus 400, which is kind of intriguing. Um, but I might just sprinkle on, on Yancey and then that under um, just to... Uh, uh, just so you uh, to see if I can, you know, hit hit a couple on this one, and I uh, don't know if I did that or if Dan did that, but uh... <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh. That that desert internet. I'm good. <laughs> all right, perfect. Um, yeah, so I like Yancy, uh, and uh, I, I lean towards the under as well. Moving up or moving down to the featherweight division. It's just going to be all Dan Tom bias for this entire card. Uh, we've got Boston Strong, Charles Rosa. That was terrible, by the way. Uh, I always need to start off with, like, my cockies in the pack, and, and then you can really, uh, you know, get into the, the Boston accent. And he's taking on Extreme Couture's Justin James. But uh, we'll start off with Wes this time. Yeah, this is uh... – it's a, another kind of tricky fight. Um, I, I feel like if if Rosa can get any kind of consistent takedowns in this fight, he's got a, a really good a really good chance of uh, maybe getting a win, getting a sub here. But um, you know, it's Charles Rosa, right? I and I, I think uh, I think James is a is a pretty decent like uh, defensive wrestler. He can kind of keep this on the feet, and I, I think he's got uh, an advantage on the feet against Charles Rosa. So. Um, it's a tough fight. I could see it going either way, man. Um, James is a is a dog here, so I'm kind of going to lean that he keeps his fight on the feet, and it turns into mostly uh, a striking battle. And I think he's got um, I think he's got some advantages up there. I think he's got some better hands. He's got some better hand speed. Um, and like Brad said, you know uh, Charles Rosa is like not the best uh, not the best takedown guy to get it into his world. So. Um, Gonna gonna lean James here, and it's another fight that I think we we could possibly see a finish. I, I think James could could possibly get a finish on the feet, and I think if uh, if Rosa does uh, find a way to, to get this to the mat, that he could find a, a submission in this fight. So um, I'm gonna pick James. Uh, I don't I don't have a bet on this fight at this point, but looking at maybe maybe James if the line creeps up a little more, or or, uh, or maybe James inside inside the distance or something like that at a big price. Uh, Dan, I know that Wes talked about Justin James' hands. Tell me, because I know you're going to tell me, about Justin James' leg kicks. I I wish I didn't have to tell you. I wish you would just show it in one of these fights, because I'm like, (laughs) where did this go? And, like, not even just not, like, one of those things that he does in the gym, not does in the fights. He's actually got, like, leg kick stoppages um, in his pro record. You know, this goes back and. He's got like a hundred amateur fights because he came from Michigan, and folks that don't know that Michigan had a weird loophole where they would pay amateurs. So he was wrestling like uh, I don't know if I think he was a Division One or Division Two team, but like he, he uh, you know, he didn't get any crazy accolades or anything. He wasn't all American, but while he was wrestling, he fought just amateurs, right? So he, I don't know, man. I'm biased, but I'm also worried there's going to be another another Dream Couture guy like Matt Powell where you see all this greatness in the gym and you don't really see it come out in fights. So I'm not saying that he's got a high ceiling or anything. I'm just saying, like, hey, I'm not going to lie. He hasn't done great. So I don't blame anybody on Rosa here. 
I think the Medeiros and Hadzovic fight. Like I actually like Rosa too, and like I put my money down on the guy. Um, I like the in and out karate styling, but it's not that effective. The judges don't like it, uh, especially now with damage. And James is going to be the more damaging striker, kind of like what Wes was saying. So um, I took James here biasly, but I do think that he can win the fight in the small cage. It'll make exchanges that favor him. But even though I think that he can get it inside the distance, I actually play the over 2.5 at like minus 115 or minus 110. I think it's back at minus 110, but it got as low as minus 105. And for me, that was kind of a hedge on my biased play and possibly doubling down because this could be one of the few fights that like James could win a decision because James doesn't have a great gas tank. But he's actually fighting at 145, which means he had to get in shape for this one. And Rose is not a guy to push a dogfight as far as like pocket boxing. That's where he gets lit up. So I don't know if he's going to even be able to force the kind of changes to tire James. So I actually like the over as an angle here, um, but I'm also kicking for coverage with just uh, money line James. Yeah, I, I don't hate either of those. Uh, I definitely in any sort of uh, Charles Rosa fight when he wasn't able to uh, make an under happen against Derek Minner, who yeah. had gone under in like 95% of his career fights. Um, this dude, his number one skill is being really tough. Uh, and, and those sorts of guys, they're not going to have a ton of success in terms of winning fights, uh, but they aren't going to get finished a whole lot. And I think that's been very true of Charles Rose's entire career. Um, and also, you know, he, he's got a, a couple submissions on his records. Uh, you know, once he's got up to the, the major levels, obviously a bunch more early on in his career. Uh but, man, stuff like the – I know, Dan, you were talking about the over 2.5, but even, like, the over 1.5 at minus 170, if you're a little bit more worried about Jane's gas tank, uh, that looks good. But, yeah, I, I was kind of looking at the same sort of Jane's by decision. Um, it's sitting around there at, like, plus 450 right now, which is extremely high, um, considering this is kind of a, a pick em fight. And if Rosa can't control the wrestling, like you said, he doesn't have that kind of striking style that really scores well with the judges. Uh, and as uh, as our boy uh, Beast Mode uh, pointed out in the chat, uh, James and team are betting on themselves, which which you always like to see. He talked uh, about like putting everything he has on himself. Like yeah. yeah, I guess whatever's in his bank account, he bet on himself. He's a pro go. poker player, man. Anytime I would leave uh, Mandalay Bay Studios, I would see, like, Justin, like, half the time, like, from the night before, just, like, killing people that are half tired at the poker table. So that isn't the problem to hear. <laughs> Love it. Uh, speaking of the Mandalay, Dan, next time I'm able to make it down to Vegas, we've got a, uh, a pro lacrosse team that's going to be starting up in, uh, oh, in Vegas in uh, winter of 2022. And they're going to be playing out of the uh, the Mandalay Arena. I don't know what the hell it's called these days. Uh, we'll say the the Mandalay Event Center. That's that's what it used to be. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna take your ass out to uh, a lacrosse. Do game. it. Gonna do it. I don't even know shit about I don't even know shit about lacrosse, but I can already like make this assumption that how jealous are all the teams going to be of a, of a Las Vegas based lacrosse team? Like, how much of a kick is that, Brad? Yeah. I like all of the uh, all of the sports are getting into it now. It's uh, I, I feel like there's a legitimate hometown advantage, even though you're going to have like visiting fans and stuff coming in. Just 
the experience of traveling there and having to play there and, and spend time there is so different from traveling to any other city that uh, it's a little bit more of a baked-in advantage. Um, although I can't believe – I mean, I don't really pay attention to, to hockey other than what Sean tells me to bet. Um, but <laughs> it, it, it's going to be funny if Vegas loses to Montreal, who's uh, shitty, apparently. Uh, speaking of shitty, uh, women's bantamweight division, Julia Avila taking on Ju- Julija Stoliarenko. This is the uh, the exclusively armbar from guard. Um, what, what country is she from? Bulgaria? I, I, I don't recognize that flag. I'm, I apologize to the yeah, country of Lithuania. Damn it. Uh, oh, watch out, Brad. <laughs> All of our Lithuanian fans, <laughs> they're just going to light me up. Oh, man. Uh, anyway, uh, this is this is a fight. Um, people were excited about Avila once upon a time, right? And Stoliarenko's put on some really bad fights. I remember one where she got pushed up against the cage a lot, and that was a thing that happened. So uh, break it down for me, Dan. What, what's going on here? Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know why I told you to watch out. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm the Asian one over here. I should watch out. But uh, no, just kidding. I think Avila doesn't look like she Unlike me, Avila looks like she has no Chinese in her. So I think she should be all right. Uh, <laughs> any personal type of motivations for this fight. So we can just look at what's on paper. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I honestly didn't look at much. Like, again, I, I, you know, I know, you know, I, you know, I, especially as of late, I might... I may try to, you know, speak up and, you know, and, and try to, you know, be a good person, air quotes and whatnot, and try to stick up for, you know, these these groups and, the, you know, the ladies that don't get the love they deserve. But here I am, like, I'm doing, like, the dog walk Brad routine because when it comes to breaking down the cards, I don't I don't get to these fights. I don't have anything for this fight. Uh, I'm not going to take someone's shtick and, and do – I've already done too much movie talk anyways. So I'll just say that I took the Vila and just like Kamer – Stay the fuck away. There you go. Wes, I, you're all over this one from a betting perspective, right? No. No, not at all. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the, what, what, what Dan said. Let's, let's move on. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, I, I got nothing as well. I'm not, I'm not betting this. Um <laughs> I say I'm not betting this, and then we we move up to an absolutely horrible light heavyweight fight that I am betting. So, you know, equal opportunity or whatever. Um, Wes, we've got – I know this flag. That's that's the Polish flag, right? Yeah. Archin Prakniow yeah. from Poland, uh, although fighting out of the Netherlands, apparently. And he is taking on – Ike Villanueva, man, what a scrap this one is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I honestly can't believe that Ike Villanueva is still fighting, much less He's coming off a win, man. Uh, come on, dude! Like, uh, who, who did he? Didn't he? What was it? Uh, yeah, Benicius <laughs> he knocked out the last one. Uh, Look, the, I think they are gonna they're gonna swing and bang in this one. That's what Ike does. Is is Ike tough enough to 
to stay in there and, and last from uh, uh, Pragnial's, uh the bombs he's going to be throwing. I mean, maybe. Like, seriously, maybe my Ike might might take some of these for a round. And, I mean, we've seen him do it. I mean, he's been around for 100 years, man. There's There's been as big, tough guys that have beat on that old man, and, and he's stayed in there and gotten him out of there. Um, that that last fight with, with Procneo against Roundtree, though, I, I think we had that fight, like, inside the distance or under or some shit like that. And Everyone did. It was just – insane to watch i don't know how that fight went 15 minutes um i can't see this fight going 15 minutes i I really can't um i kind of like the the fight inside the distance here um it's 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 juiced up but i just can't see any way that this fight makes it 15 minutes um i kind of looked at at um at procneal by tko it's just not big enough to to take a shot here because, like I said, I'm I would not be surprised if Ike takes a beating for say six or seven minutes and Procneal starts to gas out from beating on him so bad. How many times do we see that with some of these dudes? And Ike gets him out of there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Procneal. Um, we'll probably bet the under or something like that. Um, Maybe fight inside the uh, inside the distance and in a small parlay, but man, I, I want to like Prack now. I just man, he's got some bad bad losses uh, before his last time against Roundtree. Did he turn a corner, or is he just that same guy that got knocked out in the first round by I believe Sam Alvey and shit? So um, I'm gonna pick him. Looking at the under. Yeah, this is one of those ones. I'm I'm gonna get to you in a second, Dan. But uh, where my math brain just explodes uh, because you've got fight doesn't go anywhere from minus one sixty five to minus two hundred, but you can get under two and a half at minus one twenty five. Yeah, like is there really a, an eighty? Sent chance that this fight gets finished in the, the last, last two, and, two a and a half minutes. Like, yeah, good that, point. That's just one of those things where, like, you know, a mathematical tip for betters is if you're betting under, or if you think there's going to be a stoppage, bet the under instead of the fight doesn't go. And if you think that the the fight is going to go a little bit longer, instead of taking the over, take the fight does go to the decision because. More often than not, when fights get finished, they get finished in the first round. And if they get past the first round, they go to decision. Mathematically, it's just, it's a good thing to do. Uh, You'll be pissed off those couple times where you lose a fight in the last two and a half minutes. Uh, But in the long run, and you'll probably remember those, which is why these lines are so off. Uh, But uh, in the long run, you'll make more money doing the thing that I just said that I'm not going to explain again. Dan. I really like that. I may have to add that to my angle because I, too, let uh, any things, I will fully admit, I'm a hypocrite like Brad, and uh, we'll put our money on low-level crap, and I'm like, what did this silly bastard put his money on? I'm like, oh, uh, to borrow a slogan from Ike Eisenhower's campaign from the 50s, I, too, like Ike, uh, and, I, and, I, and I invested in him. I don't feel great about it, but that angle makes me feel a little bit better um, because um, I actually think it's going to go the way Wes does, and he didn't put it, but I'll put words in Wes's mouth. Why not? 
like if Ike's got a piece on him, like this is his fight to show it. Because if he's gonna win, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna be taking it up front, and he's gonna have to come from behind, yeah. come hard from behind. So there's my breakdown. <laughs> uh, yeah, the um, you know a uh, uh, nice in shape Eastern European man, uh, and you know you've got uh, a dude that's gonna come hard from behind. So, you know that's it's quite the breakdown, Dan. Thanks, thanks for coming out. Um, for <laughs> uh, honestly, I won't be able to get the Alvi fight, uh, the Ankali of one that's forgivable, and the the slow Mike fight out of my head when it comes to Prachnio for a while. Uh, I think I actually yeah. took a shot on him in the uh, the Rodriguez fight, which you know, in hindsight, after that fight looked awful. Um, and then after the Roundtree fight, you know, looked like I was a, a genius, just one fight too late, or one fight too early, sorry. Um, but I, I can't do that again. With this guy as a minus 200 favorite, I would definitely be leaning more towards Ike. Uh, I, I like the under two and a half. I think that gives you a lot of time for something to go wrong for either of these guys. Minus 125 there is a great line to me. Uh, and I'm actually going to look at uh, a little bit of Ike round one, because uh, one of my books has that at plus 700, which is just uh, a, a touch too high. And by a touch, I mean like a couple dollars too high, I think, in, in this spot. So uh, th- that's what I'm looking at. I don't feel confident about Ike at all in this spot, um, but gonna going to take a little shot here just because... Uh, Prachnia owes me a little bit of money after some of the things he's done to me thus far in his UFC career. Sounds naughty. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Poles and the Ukrainians, uh, there's there's some stuff going on there, Dan. <laughs> uh, all right, next up in the welterweight division, we've got this week's namesake of the show, uh, Jeremiah Wells, a bullfrog, taking on Warley Alves. We we love Warley. People, Dan, I, I know that you've got thoughts about Warley. Uh, so I'll let, I'll let you go first on this one because, you know, he, he does things habitually. Um, but it seems like a good spot for Warley here. What do you think? Yeah, man, I got to come clean. And, you know, especially not just because you guys were nice to my guy. I, I got to be nice to yours. But no, no, no. Honestly, it's a couple punches <laughs> here. And I, honestly, I've overdone it on Warley. And I use him for examples too much, you know. I think I got a little too high off that Brian Barberina cash back in the day. And, you know, Warley, I don't know if he's a changed man, but he sharpened a lot of what Warley does well. And I think he reminded a lot of the masses with that Munir uh, Lazez line movement that kind of did, that kind of, it, it, it did disrespect him. Um, I did oh, officially yeah. pick Luzes here, but that just had the fingerprints of you know fading my perhaps fading the wrong guy all over it. And I've I've been criminal against Worley in that regard, so I'll come clean. But Worley's gotten you know better in that regard, and I think this is a fight he could win. I wasn't able to look up much on Jeremiah Wells aside that this guy is pretty much an action fighter from all reports, and I don't want to say comes hard early, but you guys get what I'm trying to say here. I'm actually going to go with Worley Alves, though, uh, because, you know, he, he said you will about him. He's tough and he's got a chin. 
I think his gas tank's more of his enemy than his chin. Uh, so if he does get hit with some hard shots, uh, I, I like him to withstand it better. Whereas if Wells does, even though he's not like a super wrestler guy, but like, you know he clinches, or we've even seen it with Warley, where you don't even have to go for a takedown. You can just be like uh, eating the heat, and you're like, I want to calm him down, push him up against the fence, and keep my head high, and he'll still like reach down, and even if you're Colby Covington, and get you. So. That's kind of how I see this one going. It's probably going to be a, a dog fight early, and then Warley is going to probably get the better of it, maybe with the good old guillotine. Ooh. Wes, yeah, yeah, I agree with a lot of that. I'm I'm on the other other side of the the Warley love. Though. I've, I've loved me some Warley since uh, since way back on a on a tough Brazil. Uh, Love that dude from that show. Um, I, I think Dan's right though. Like Warley's, he's definitely tightened his game up a lot lately. Um, the gas tank has always been a worry. It, it's still slightly a worry with, with Warley. His, his past couple of losses in between his wins have been times when guys have taken him into the second and third round, and he just doesn't have that, you know, that explosive power and uh, jumping for that guillotine and stuff. So, um, is this the guy that can that can push Warley like that though and get this into the second and third round? I don't think so. I think his path is to is to get get him out of there early too so i i think wells is gonna bring it um i I think he's gonna come forward i think um that's gonna be bad against a guy like warley um maybe he can get him to the cage um that's that's where you get into that that area to where uh warley will uh reach down and grab something he will jump up and grab a neck uh we've seen his 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 chokes are are vicious man when he jumps up and gets one on somebody so um I kind of like Warley inside the distance here. Um, it's around even money at this point. Uh, you're getting it a whole lot cheaper than him than him straight. I think Wells is um, UFC debut. He's an action fighter, like Dan said. He's going to come forward and bring the heat, and that plays into Warley's game. Uh, Warley knows he needs to get guys that he can out of there early. He, he knows his cardio is still kind of a question mark. Not that he can't go three rounds. He's won some decisions. Uh, but he puts himself in grave danger, in, in the especially when it gets to the third round. So I think he's going to get him out of there. I like Warley uh, inside the distance at around even money. Yeah, this is probably about as perfect a spot as it gets for Warley. And I think this line is still disrespecting him. I think there's still those people out there that, you know, they, they think he's going to gas and he's going to lose. But I think, honestly, even if he gasses in this fight, He's going to have another gas guy on across the cage Same from him. Yeah. Uh, this is short notice for Wells, UFC debut. He's 34. He's significantly older than, than Warley. Um, and honestly, he's never fought anybody close to as good as Warley. So there, there's a lot of things going against him in this spot. Uh, I really think that if, it, if he comes out and he wants to, uh, to throw a lot of heat early, then... Warley's going to put it back at him. And I think that what Warley's bringing back at him is going to be a whole lot more than what Wells is used to and, and what he's had in the past. Um, so I like that Warley inside the distance. Uh, I think Warley's probably okay for parlays because um, I was actually a little surprised that we were only looking at a, a minus 225 here. And um, bless bet 365. Uh, everybody else has Warley round one at like plus 200 uh, around that area. Uh, they threw a plus 300 out there. So uh, I had to take some of that because uh, 
I think more times than not, uh, that's probably how this fight ends. If he gets the stoppage, he, he's getting into the first round. So uh, a couple little different things on Warley there. Sticking around in the welterweight division, I believe that uh, we have my pick for breakout fighter of the year in the welterweight division, the, the shaved cat. Uh, but he's he's up against it. He, he's taking on the uh, returning mountain yam man himself, Damn Tractor right. Prezeres. Right. Uh, Wes, you're gonna have to to fill me in on all the latest and greatest in uh, in tractor and, and yard work equipment because I'm sure that Prezeres is in it uh, because. I'm, I know I know he's not in PFL yet, but this man has had a couple of years to just find that right concoction. So, what's he bringing into this fight? I mean, this this dude's the he's the big boy. He's like the <laughs> um, yeah. If there if there was a if there was a yam buffet, uh, tractor has, <laughs> has been at he's been at the table. Um, that, I mean, this man in PFL would would look like um, fucking Paul Harris to the tenth fucking degree, man. It, it would be nasty if that guy got over there. Um, I, I I like the the uh, shave cat man. Uh, I think he's I think he's pretty decent. Um, I, I think he's probably gonna win this fight. I, I know he's got a ton of of finishes um, against guys over in M one and shit, but. Uh, Tractor is, is way, uh, he's way tougher than that, man. I, I'm not sure that, that, uh, though Shave Cat is, is going to be able to pull off a, a sub on here. He's got a lot of subs on his record. Um, I think this kind of is, it's kind of a slow paced, uh, typical, uh, Pizarre's fight, man. And I think that Shave Cat's going to get kind of, um, a close but clear decision here. Um, uh, going to probably be a lot of staring on the feet. A lot of one punch strikes by Pizarus to keep distance and shit like he always does, and um, I kind of like Shave Cat by decision there. Uh, I think that's around plus two fifty or so. Um, I just have a hard time seeing him get Pizarus out of this. Pizarus does he doesn't get finished by anybody. Um, he just isn't he isn't action enough in fights to to put himself in those situations to where he finishes anybody or anybody finishes him. And I mean the guy's only lost like. Before his last fight, he lost like once in six years or some shit like that. And that was like the Kevin Lee, I believe. So he doesn't lose a lot of fights. Uh, I do think he's just getting old and, and on the back end. Um, I like Shave Cat. I think he's a good fighter. He's going to win a, a close but a clear decision here, plus 250. Yeah, and prior to his last fight, his only career losses were short notice UFC debut back when he actually was a lightweight and he went up to welterweight and fought uh, Paulo Tiago. Uh, very underrated historically, Paulo Tiago. That that dude was fun, uh, and Kevin Lee. So neither of them So that's a, that's an interesting angle to look at. Dan, what do you got here? Yeah, I forgot that he fought the fellow Bope Brazilian in Paulo Tiago. And uh, <laughs> yeah. does that make does that make his yams state sponsored yams? Because I got to <laughs> imagine they want those guys healthy, right? I mean, they're sending those dudes into the favelas. You need. You need tractor as healthy as possible. Uh, well, they they just gotta bust down the doors, right? They don't have battering rams in in the Brazilian they just, police. They just, they just gotta just run through it. They just use tractor. <laughs> so stout. And and 
I, I, I don't. I, I joke because really, West honestly nailed that man. He couldn't. I couldn't have said any 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 more perfect as far as how I see this fight going. To even how Factor is, I don't know that. Maybe that's why you got that segue, which Brad. Which by the way, full disclosure. Um, when when I first started listening to West come on the show, I thought the Sodman maybe had to do with butt stuff because I saw his Twitter timeline. So I was like, oh, Sodman, okay. I had no clue. Like it was like, oh, okay, I get it. I said, now I understand the segues, but just in full disclosure, forever I thought it had to do with butt stuff. Anyways, I mean, uh, it's still nice. Uh, I uh, I, yeah, mean, I mean, Aaron Aaron literally thought I was British for like two years. Our boy Aaron Bronister, he thought I was British for like the longest UK, time. baby. <laughs> UK, I love it. I love it. Um, no, uh, yeah, no, I, I, uh, I see that too. I think it's. Uh, I like, I like Shavkat. And by the way, how unfortunate! Like, even if like the way Shavkat looks, like, even if his name wasn't Shavkat, you could be like, hey, doesn't that guy look like a shaved cat? But like, yeah, he kind of does. Like, how unfortunate that the guy gets the name Shavkat. That's so fucked up. But I really like him. I really like him. He looks like a strong Uzbek. One of those, you know, it's like where, where my people start mixing with the Russians and it gets confusing, but they're really, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like Tiger Woods, you know, but like with Russian, you know, you got, yeah, yeah you got the Asian ones. determination, but you got that Russian toughness. It's like this crazy amalgamation, right? Um, so I don't know. No, no, honestly, uh, he, he's got a good game. I'm just curious because he will go for guillotines and left hooks. And that's like the worst thing you can do against like a short guy who wants to take you down. And is a jujitsu specialist because the way Wes described them is even how like Tractor did jujitsu because like he mentioned uh, Paul Harris like those dudes they're just survivors because they know they're like tree stumps and they're not going to get submitted so instead of using length and like normal body advantages they'll be like I'm going to make you play my game and get tired so it could be yeah, a really ugly fight but I'm going to take Shaq Cat. Yeah, you're, you're, there's no way you're getting his neck. It, it's not <laughs> no. there. It's it's like anatomically impossible to get that man's neck. Yeah, so I know you get, I I like Shav Cat as well. I, I like the shaved cat. Uh, he seems like a, a very good fighter. But I have to side with the five foot six welterweight in this spot. <laughs> I mean, this this dude is just going to push the, uh, the skinny Asian fella up against the cage. Sorry, Dan. It's going to happen. Look at all the muscles on the one side. Look how long and lean he is on the other side. Uh, hey, three 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 point five percent of me is not arguing with you right now. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, and honestly, I I think I heard this on uh, on Paul and uh, Paul and Cody's show. Um, he has taken down every single one of his. 13 UFC wow. opponents Damn. and he's got something ridiculous like almost 50 takedowns in his 13 UFC fights and honestly I if Hellboy was able to uh, to push uh, the shave cat up against the fence and, and hold him there for a bit until it got to quit in time because uh, you know he's about that alimony check uh, and that's what he's there for uh, I Tractor is going to be able to do the same thing. Uh, he's just going to set up the old Tonka truck and uh, and back this dude up to the cage, get some takedowns. I can see it getting ugly. I, I could see Shavecat even helping him out a little bit and, and jumping for a guillotine or two that is certainly not going to be there. And I'm I'm going to take Preseras by decision in this oh, one. Um, I I do also like the uh, the overs. 
uh, again, th- this is another one where like I don't really understand over one and a half only being minus 170. I don't think there's going to be a finish extremely early in this fight. Maybe if uh, if Tractor's that old and, and coming off this layoff and all those things, you'll see him gas and, and maybe get a get stopped later on in the fight. But historically, he's been so tough that I'm not sure that happens. Um, so you've got over one and a half minus one seventy, over two and a half even money. Fight goes plus one twenty. Um, I think all of those are are worthy of uh, uh, a little bit of thought in this spot. So uh, I'll take uh, probably the the over and maybe a little sprinkle on Prezeris by decision. Uh, plus 450, plus 500, I think it's out there at. So that is, uh, that's what I'm going to be looking at here. Next up, we are in, once again, that beautiful light heavyweight division for a, a showdown between another Brazilian grappler, not quite as muscular as the last dude, Danilo Marquez, taking on, you know, my namesake, uh, my truck brother, Kenny Nunchucks. <laughs> Wes, Wes, what we going on? What we got going on here? Yeah, this is um, this is a, a tough fight for me. Um, I, I think Danilo's got some. Some some okay um, you know jujitsu and shit, but I, I, can he can he get this there? Can he get our boy Kenny Numchucks to the mat um, on the feet? I think I think our boy uh, Kenny can can piece him up. But I I didn't go get to go back and and see. I, I believe the the Craig fight uh, he kind of just fell into Craig like most dudes do and got choked out. Um, I guess if that happens here, then Danilo could 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 get a sub on him. But I think it stays up, and and our boy Kenny Numchucks uh, uh, throw some heat on him. Um, I kind of more like the like the under in this fight. I think that's kind of the two ways that this fight plays out. Uh, if it stays on the feet, I think that our boy Kenny's gonna end up getting him out of there. But man, we we watched what happened in his in his only loss when he got to the mat with Paul Craig. Not saying that this guy's Paul Craig by any means. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Even though he's a uh, he's a Brazilian, um, we know how that Scottish uh, that Scottish BJJ is is doing these days. So, um, I, I I do see a finish though in this fight. Um, one one way or the other, I, I'm going to pick our boy Kenny Nunchucks. I think he keeps it on the feet. Um, he eventually catches him with something, but um, I think it's more safe that if this does hit the mat, we've seen him have some problems. So. Um, I'm going to play the under, pick our boy Kenny Nunchuck. Dan, while you were gone, don't worry. We already talked about the, uh, the fam- familial relationship uh, between myself and, uh, and Kenny Nunchucks. You know, he, all, all, all us Chucks in our name, um, you know, we, we all go back through the same threads. Uh, so we got that going on. But uh, what, what else are your thoughts on this fight? Um, my thoughts are I'm looking at the prop because they finally just dropped for Marcus by submission. That's what I was waiting for. Uh, plus 230 in one of the ho- 240 in one of the houses I played. And, of course, one of the other house is late and <laughs> is always late, so whatever. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of where my head's at. Maybe it's overcorrecting because I was, I was bummed that I missed that opportunity last time on Marquez. But um, I feel like in the small cage, it's going to favor the guy who wants to grapple. His wrestling's nothing to write home about, but he definitely has some like mechanical and functional single leg stuff, um, which makes sense because he trained either as a black belt under Maya or the guy who gave Maya his black belt. 
but has been training King's MMA with uh, Southpaws like Vittori, uh, which I believe Kenny Nunchucks is a Southpaw. And I hate picking against Safe Sayu guy, man. Um, I, I came in initially leaning toward Kennedy, as I'm not surprised that he's a favorite. But uh, I, I took a piece on Marquez uh, at Plus Money, and uh, as you can hear me, I'm going to be sprinkling right now on him by sub. I do not hate that at all. And, you know, as much as uh, as Five Dimes isn't what it used to be, uh, they've got a uh, plus 315 hanging out there by sub right now. So I think I might have to sprinkle on that myself because if Darko Stosic uh, can get in there and, and take you down yeah. a bunch of times and, yeah. you know, uh, obviously the, the decision – the uh, official decision is one thing, and and those nut shots certainly probably played a role in how that fight played out. Uh, but if if Darko can, you know, if the points weren't taken away, if he can win a decision over you and, and continue to take you down, I think Marquez can probably get him down here too. Um, you know how I feel about tall people, uh, and and Kenny Nunchuck <laughs> is six five. It's a little too tall for my liking, uh, a little too gangly, uh, probably not very coordinated. Uh, he can take a punch. He can he can make a striking battle fun, uh, but I, I don't think he's going to hold up so well when it comes to grappling here. So uh, I, I'm, I'm probably going to sprinkle on that, uh, that sub, plus 315, uh, and... Not sure if I want to uh, to dive in on uh, on Marquez Strait. Um, it's kind of even money or a little bit of plus money across the board, but I could see maybe some repeated takedowns and, and him winning a decision here as well. Uh, although the uh, the submission seems more up my alley for sure. All right, we are now. Uh, apparently, this is the main card. Um, there are some recognizable names on here, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, in the lightweight division, we have Jai Herbert. Jay Herbert? Jai Herbert? Uh, I'm, I'm sure Dan will give us an accent uh, on that one to pronounce it properly. Uh, taking on Hanato Moicano. And uh, I, I think we'll start with Dan here. Yeah, I don't know if I got an accent for Jai. I haven't heard him talk about uh, talk much. He is a he, he is a, an Englishman, um, but I could have swore when I saw him face another kind of gangly fighter who was an Englishman and Reese McKee, who apparently if you beat him, you're in talks of fighting Luke Rockhold and Leon Edwards. And you know, I didn't know, I didn't realize Reese McKee was the new gatekeeper. Uh, all respect to him, but uh, he he got not only got knocked out by Reese McKee, but I believe he even got like out grappled against the cage. Now, obviously. He did some work to our guy before getting knocked out, obviously. We ended up being on the right side. I know you guys are obviously grandpa you're not the fans. Of course. Uh, so I think there's some upside to Herbert, but the layoff, the the matchups, the the really vicious knockout loss, uh, and, again, he's already suffered knockout losses on the regional. It makes me hard to back him here. Um, so I, I, mean, I don't blame anybody taking the shot on the dog. I got no dogs in this fight, no money here. But my pick's going to be Moicano. I think both of them are going to fight safe and maybe uncharacteristically since they both kind of got nuked in different ways in their last fight. Wes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning Moicano here too. Um, I think this is a fight that Moicano's got to win. I think they're giving him a fight that, that he can win here too. Um, I mean, the, his last three losses are against, you know, two of the absolute best in the division and, 
then Some a guy that. Yeah, doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> one that's that's probably pretty pretty decent and, and hits like a fucking truck at this point, which is un untypically Russian, you know. Uh, <laughs> dude actually has some hands and shit. Um, yeah, I, I I don't even really know uh, what to think of Jai Herbert. Like uh, like Dan was talking about, he, he got a, obliterated by uh, by Grandpa Trinado on his last time out. Um, I, I watch a little bit of Cage Warriors, but not as closely. Uh, as other stuff, um, and I, he he was just beating the guys that just just blowing through guys over there. He was he was supposed to beat. Uh, Dan brings up uh, Reese McKee, of course, who who knocked him out. So he's got some some pretty tough KO losses on his record. Um, I think Dan's probably right that Mykano does fight um, really reserved in this fight coming off the last time, but maybe Jai Herbert just that's not his style. And won't let Mykano do that. And I, I think this might get into some firefight situations at points. And I trust Mykano's chin a little better than I do Jai Herbert's. The, the guys that he's been knocked out by are just way better uh, than even Grandpa Trinaldo's hands. Um, Mykano by KO is like plus five hundred. I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily gonna get a KO, but. I could see a finish here. I, I could see maybe him get getting a sub. He he hurts him and gets a sub at some point. But uh, I'm kind of looking at Mykano inside the distance, maybe a sprinkle on him by TKO because I just think that number's kind of crazy. But I, I think Mykano wins this fight. I, I think he gets back on track. Uh, this is some of the lowest level competition. Not taking anything away from Jai Herbert, but this is definitely a step down in class for for Mykano in a fight that I, I think he should definitely win. So. Uh, Mykano inside the distance for me and probably a sprinkle on him by KO. Interesting. I, yeah, I hadn't really uh, thought about that angle, but I just want to double back for a second uh, before we really dive into this fight because, you know, just a, a quick Google of the old uh, Hafael fizzy pop, and it shows that he's not, in fact, Russian. He was born <laughs> in Kyrgyzstan. And uh, he he went to the Kyrgyzstan Police Academy. So what I really want to know is, in the uh, the Kyrgyzstan version of those movies, did he play the the Gutenberg role, or was he more of a uh, Michael Winslow guy? <laughs> oh my god! I think he's more of Michael Winslow guy with the social media media videos he was doing for a little bit there, where he was <laughs> really trying to be funny. <laughs> <laughs> Gutenberg, all, Gutenberg, no matter the movie, only funny things happen to him more, you know, than, than really output. <laughs> Maybe it's Gutenberg can be one pool. of the like, like a, a guest coach for uh, persecution fight team. We'll see. Jesus, I haven't heard the name <laughs> Steve Gutenberg since like high school. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <No, no. laughs> uh, but yeah, as as far as this goes, uh, the guys are right that. Uh, the the people that have knocked Moicano out are levels above the the people that have knocked uh, Jai Herbert out. Uh, I I I want to trust Moicano more, but if he doesn't commit to the grappling, and like I know he did against Hazovich, but he's had other fights, even where he's won by submission, where he hasn't really committed to the grappling, and he's been. Uh, even though you know he he beat Cub, Cub Swanson uh, by rear naked choke, uh, it was because he dropped with a jab and jumped on his back and and things like that uh, against Calvin Qatar, uh, obviously a very dangerous striker. 
he, he was willing to just strike with him. So I can't trust that he's going to just go out there and try and out wrestle Jay Herbert, get his, you know, hop on his back, things like that and, and get a submission. So that that's hesitant for me to really count on him as a, a parlay piece in this spot. But that uh, that TKO prop around plus five hundred that is that's quite live. Um, I, I think Herbert's both of his losses have been by TKO. We have seen Moicano has good striking uh, and he can hurt people in the past. So I think that might be a, a decent angle to look at. Um, you know, and then he's probably going to come out and you know hop on his back in thirty seconds and, and choke him out. But, you know, that's that's the risk we run with this game, and that's me being blinded by uh, the, the pretty prices uh, as opposed to the most likely actual outcome. Uh, but, yeah, Moicano's going to do a pick here. Just there's something about it where I, I don't feel great about uh, trusting him as a parlay piece at, you know, minus 250. It's, it's probably going to creep up around minus 300 come fight time. Yeah, let's add that uh even though I think that it's going to go long, so but I, I don't know if the the numbers are necessarily right here. Uh, so I don't blame you guys if you are going to pick inside to do it by a method rather than by like a total or an under. I think you're better off just picking the winning side and, and, and hopping on that plus money. Though speaking of plus money, if you are of my mind and you think it's going to go long, and this might look more like Moicano Stevens, where he plays smart, stays on his bike, just does well timed takedowns at the end of rounds, like he tried to do before getting burned with Ortega, um, then. I see like plus 163, plus 180 at some houses, depending for a fight goes decision. Um, if you're, if you're more of my mind, but I, I don't think you guys are crazy if you're going to go with the method. Yep. There you go. All right. Moving on to the welterweight division again, we have Nicholas Dalby taking on Tim Means. You know, Tim Means, he's been shot. He's gone to prison. He's been hit in the face with a shovel. Is this going to be the time where Nicholas Dalby blinds him with science, Dan? Oh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he also you had to also add the snapped ankle. To like he snapped his ankle one year, and then he's like, now he's like coaching kids wrestling. And like, I guess he's learning how to work with that ankle now because his ankle seems to work. His eyes seem to work, even though he lost a lot of he lost a lot of teeth with that shovel shot, Brad. Don't you forget, he lost a lot of teeth. Tim Means, uh, but he, he, I don't know what it is, man. From like Matt Brown to like you know these guys, they science be damned, man. You know the, 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 these white dudes are coming to fight. I I'm gonna keep cashing tickets, man, with with my guys. And y'all know Tim Means is one of my guys. He's a southpaw striker. You know I'm favorable to that. And I only bring that up because I'll just give that stat here. Cause it's not like those, and I don't want to keep trashing the UFC stats because I see how many people in this industry like cash more paychecks than your boy here by just going off those UFC stats. But I think the more interesting stat is that Dolby officially is uh, what is he? he he's one three and two against UFC level southpaws. But if you do the math, like the one of those no contests is Jesse Ronson who pieced him up before subbing him. <laughs> Daniel Rodriguez uh, actually probably beat him either 29, 28, 30, 27. So he's probably like 0-5-1 against UFC-level southpaws with that one being, you know, a guy who you guys, you know, make fun of for being one-handed. But he was literally one-handed in that fight with Dalby, and Dalby can still only get a draw. Like, I, I call it the southpaw fault line, which is why it's interesting when he faced Alex Oliveira. Because Alex Oliveira annihilates any southpaw he faces, 
Whereas Dolby gets almost annihilated by Southpaw's he faces. So even though Means is old, and I didn't trust it, but I ended up laying Means as he got closer to like minus 130 from his 2-1 favorite line. Just because he still his body seems to still work, and Dolby sucks against Southpaw. So that's, that's pretty much it. That's Sometimes that's all you need. You, you don't need to dive any deeper than that. Wes? Yeah, uh, Dan makes a bunch of great points. Um, my my only worry, like I I like Means in this fight. Um, just Means has fought a couple guys lately that is that has let him stay at distance and get his striking off. I'm not I'm not sure Dobby is going to fight that kind of game plan. I I think Dobby's got to get into Tim Means and got to make this fight uh, dirty, or he's going to get he's going to get pieced up. Uh, I think uh, Dan makes great points about about him against Southpaws. Um, I, I like Tim Means in this spot. Um, if I if I bet if I end up betting Tim Means, I I don't really want to lay any juice on him. Um, him him getting a little old and and all the injuries and stuff. You just never know when it's going to go. But um, Tim Means by decision is like plus two hundred. Um, Dolby's tough, you know. Whether you think he's won some of these decisions lately, um, guys don't get him out of there. Um, I, I'm not sure that. Uh, Tim Means is going to connect cleanly enough to get Dolby out of there. He's got a, a pretty decent chin. Uh, I think it could be a slow fight at times to where there's going to be points in the fight where Dolby does get this against the cage, and um, they're they're just kind of in close, doing a lot of nothing on the cage, trying to gain position, um, underhooks, turning each other around. I can see that type of fight playing out. Um, I think when they are in space, Tim Means is going to land the, the more significant strikes. And I think he can get a decision there. So if I if I bet ten means it's going to be by decision at around plus two hundred. Yeah, I, I think at distance there's going to be a lot of left hands coming straight down the pipe, and Dolby's going to be eating them. Uh, it's just a a matter of if there's going to be enough time spent at distance for those to add up over whatever Dolby does when they're stuck against the cage. Although Means does have a, a pretty solid uh, clinch striking game, you know, uses elbows well, Those uses good elbows well. Yeah. Um, so I think that kind of mitigates a little bit of the risk. Uh, under supposedly the, the new scoring criteria, you would think that uh, Daniel Rodriguez would have got the decision over Dolby, uh, but that didn't happen. So there's a bit of a concern there, but you're getting kind of a, a similar matchup in terms of how Dolby needs to win the fight, uh, just at a much cheaper price this time around. So, you know, I, I think this is one where they definitely got the totals right uh, in terms of this is probably going at quite a few minutes, probably 15 minutes. Uh, so I'm staying away from that, but I, I do lean towards means as well. Uh, I not sure. I, I haven't bet it yet. Um, Maybe we can get a little bit more of the the line tightening up, or or maybe it just sort of like stopped at that minus one thirty mark that that Dan got, and now it's heading back the other way. Um, but if it drops any lower than that, I think I, I might take a little shot on on means myself. Next up in the featherweight division, we got Touchy Feely, Andre Feely taking on. Hey, we talked about Vipers earlier. It's Daniel the Pit Pineda. <laughs> uh, Wes, we'll start off with you here. Yeah, it's another uh, kind of tough fight for for me to call, man. I 
I've liked Daniel Pineda for a, for a long, long time. Uh, watched him on so many, so many regional fights over the years. Um, that's kind of got me, got me in trouble, you know, uh, trying to bet him in spots. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a, it's a really close fight. Um, I just kind of feel like this is probably going to end up on the mat a lot. And Daniel Pineda just likes to lay on his back a lot on the mat. And I just feel like Feely's the better grappler. Um, I haven't bet anything on this fight. I, I'm, I'm probably going to stay away because, like I said, I, um, I, I'm i just kind of biased for Daniel Pineda fights <laughs> sometimes. Um, Philly at minus 225 is not really something I, I want to get involved with at this point. He's really, really flaky. Uh, fights that you think that guy's going to win, he ends up uh, he ends up finding a way to lose them. Um, I, I kind of like the over here. I, I think we do see this fight going, going some minutes. Um so if I do bet anything, it's probably going to be the over. Um, but I'm I'm going to pick Daniel Pineda and Toutmaster because I like Daniel Pineda and he's a dog here. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet any money on him. If I if I make a wager on this fight, it's going to be on the over. Um, I, I just think we see some kind of slow stuff happening on the mat, uh, slow stuff on the feet. Um, yeah, so I like the over. I'm going to pick Daniel Pineda. Uh, that that's it. God damn, are we are we talking about the same uh, Daniel Pineda? You're you're talking about overs? We're talking about overs. <laughs> I know, Daniel man. Pineda? I know, dude. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, it's hard not to like Daniel Pineda and Daniel Pineda's fighting style. Uh, Mexican Jake Shields, but very much not uh, fighting like Jake Shields. Dan. No, not at all. And yeah, for a guy who never won a decision, you hear over and you're like, what? But I actually can see that angle there with what Wes is talking about because Feely is really durable and he's become less of a finisher as time has gone on. Um, so I think the general dynamic, no matter what you're picking and playing, is that Feely probably going to win by decision. Inside, it's going to be by Pineda. And I'm not saying anything crazy there. I will say this, though. I think it's about a, about a round and a half, which, again, is not necessarily crazy, though Pineda has round two and round three finishes on his record. Um, but I just essentially think that Feely, I don't know how underrated it is, but he's got a really underrated wrestling and double. But Pineda's got a really good guillotine. And I don't think Pineda has the one-shot knockout power. Feely has too many counters, which is stances for Pineda to do the leg kick routine that he's really leaned into. So I feel like Pineda's going to make it a dog fight and like go Worley Alves style. The guy shooting news guillotine. If that doesn't happen, he's losing this fight. So I got Cub or not Cub, <laughs> fucking uh, Feely, and uh, yeah, no, no, no money on it for me. Yeah, this one's uh, this one's tricky because when I hear Andre Feely's name, uh, I still think about uh, the Andre Feely from like five years ago, where this dude was one of the most electric guys at getting finished. Uh, like Max pieced him up in the later in their fight and guillotined him. Uh, uh, the, the original King of magma go to Fredo Pepe through the flying oh, triangle man, on him. Back. Um, then we've got Yair with the like flying switch kick on him. This dude just got lit up in, in multiple ways. And every time I think about him, I can't help but like revert back to those times. But I think those are the only three times he's ever been finished. Um, so yeah. 
you're right when you say that he's durable. But if there's anybody who's capable of throwing a, a highlight finish out there, I mean, Daniel Pineda. All, all of his wins are are inside the distance. So I could definitely see Pineda getting it done early. Uh, I, I'm quickly going to pull up the old uh, 365 to see... They've got Pineda round one is plus 900, which what? <laughs> I, I think if you're taking the shot on Pineda. Um, yeah, I then... feel like taking the shot now. Geez, that's, that seems like a crazy line to me. Because yeah. Feely, all, Feely always gets hurt. Even though he's durable, he uh, he's durable and tough in the sense that he comes back. But he, he's still getting hurt a lot early in these fights, if you look at it, right? from even I think even Jury might have even shocked him early, much less Sadiq and stuff. So that's crazy. Plus 900? Yeah, so right. I, 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 no, not at all. I, I think I might have to uh, to take that little shot on mm-hmm. Pineda. Uh, but the, the more likely scenario is that Feely survives that, wins the last two rounds, and, and takes a decision. Um, but we're, we're going to swing for the fences and, uh, and sprinkle on, uh, on Pineda at that uh, round one prop. All right. Bantamweight division, we have... I'm going to say we've got the uh, the best fighter on the card. It's, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best fight on the card, but uh, I, I love me some Hione Barcelos, uh, and he is taking on another unranked fighter because apparently if there's one thing that we can't do, it's get Hione Barcelos a real fight. He uh, Or at least like a, a worthwhile ranked fight. Teamer Valley is a good fighter. Uh, but Hayoni Barcelos taking on Timur Valiev in the bantamweight division. Uh, West, or who who started off last time? I think West started off last time. We'll go Dan this time. I don't know why I thought of TJ Grant, your Canadian brethren, but like when I just thought about like notoriously bad matchmaker fighters, mm-hmm. like Hayoni Barcelos is right up there. Like, what are you waiting for this guy? Like to get old, to get concussed, to get permanently maimed? Like, what are we doing here? Yep. Uh, and you get a guy like Timur Valiev who like. You know, he is a Dagestani fighter who, despite being a Dagestani fighter and despite uh, my proclivities, I feel like Brad when I talk about Timur Valiev, uh, talking about Russians up here, because I just don't get it. Like, he doesn't even have, like, the wrestling, the sambo, the master of sports, the hand-to-hand combat, random ones like that, like Rashid Magomedov would have. Like, in his bio, his, his literally his accomplishment is uh, an accountant degree in college. Like, I don't. That, that's his only. That's his only accomplishment. There's no martial arts accomplishment. It is his only on paper accolade in the UFC bio is accounting. But in his defense, he is a very well rounded fighter. Uh, who maybe I undervalue because he's almost too well rounded, which is not like me. Considering I'm like you know, I like basketball players like Scottie Pippen, who's probably not in vogue right now, right? The things he said. But no. Um, but no. Like he's just not not the kind of well rounded fighter I like. He is a as bad to say you know a, a boring Russian air quotes there. For me, um, so I no no he is keep, it's okay 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 so keep in mind I have that bias but I think Barcelo should roll here it may play out closer than the line appears but I still feel like um, I'm not questioning him when I pick him uh, I didn't put him in anything I may maybe not I don't know Wes yeah I, I'm I'm with Brad here too I, I love me some money Barcelos and I. Maybe it's some of the UFC not not getting a fight. I think it's got a little bit to do with some of these 
uh, top 10 guys probably aren't wanting to face this dude at this point because he's he's legitimate. Like, this guy's really good. Um, I, I, I think uh, Ayuvev here is he's this is probably just going to be a kickboxing match of Henry Barzolo's piecing this guy up for 15 minutes. Uh, Ayuvev is, is very, very tough. He is well rounded, but most of his fights end up just staying up, man. So, I think Barzelos is perfectly fine with turning this into a kickboxing match, and um, he's he's the bigger guy here. He's got the the more reach. Um, I, I think Ayev's tough enough though that this, I, I don't think he gets him out of there. I think this goes fifteen minutes, and uh, I like Barzelos by decision. Uh, it's some slight plus money. Um, I'm probably gonna use him straight in something uh, small, some sort of small parlay. Um, but yeah, I, I really like him in this fight. I think Brad's right. He's probably the best fighter on this card, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some guys ducking him at this point. He's a he's a problem in that division. The guy's really really good. Yeah, it, the only problem for him at this point in his career he, is he's uh, a 34 year old bantamweight, which. Yeah. You know, that, that tends to be the uh, the time when they start to slow down. And honestly, I have to apologize because I referred to his opponent by the incorrect name. It's uh, it's Teamer Valium. Um, That's you it. Know, <laughs> the only way this dude puts his accounting degree to good use is after the first round. He's just counting down the minutes until the decision <laughs> bell rings. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think this is... It's probably going to be competitive early because uh, Valium does some tricky shit early on, but definitely slows down as the fight goes on. And Barcelos is a, a guy who builds on his performance. Uh, he, he's good at reading his opponent. He's good at finding the holes. Uh, and whether that's in the striking, whether that's shooting well-timed takedowns, uh, once he gets on the ground, very talented grappler, uh, he, he's got all the tools. So... I think he's going to find a way here after maybe a, a tricky first round. Um, haven't mentioned uh, uh, much of these yet in terms of the the fights that we've had match, but wouldn't be shocked uh, if we see a, a round two or, or possibly a, a round three stoppage in this one. Uh, if Valium gets tired and is getting a little sleepy, uh, Barcelos gets a takedown in the third round. Uh, it could just be uh, some quitting time, uh, and I, I think that's uh, around. What do we get for the uh, Barcelos round three? You can get that twelve, thirteen hundred. Um, don't hate that. Uh, might look for some other stuff. You know, maybe that and uh, Pineda round one, and uh, a couple of the other things that mm-hmm. are talked about early. Make ourselves a, a little round robin for this card. Uh, it sounds like it could have some potential. But I like Henry Barcelos. Uh, I, I definitely don't hate him as a parlay piece in this spot. Co-main event. We are in the heavyweight division because UFC loves giving us these heavyweight fights at the top of cards light, lately. Light heavyweights that won't go away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> these are two very good examples of light heavyweights who do not want to cut weight. We've got... Our boy off, taking on the Canadian Tanner the Hoser Bozer. Um, yeah, Wes, let's go. You know, uh, before you start, I will have you reminded that the Hoser 
said KB Buhler is the best fighter at his camp. Continue. <laughs> is this is this actual like UFC? This is the highest. This is the the pinnacle. This is the, event, baby. It's the pinnacle of MMA, right? That's right. Um, <laughs> I, I've not I've not been impressed by Bowser personally. I, I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of people up uh, towards your way, Brad, that probably ranks him uh, top five now, Canadian pound for pound at, at this point. Um, I think he's. I, I think he's got a problem uh, stopping takedowns. Uh, I think he's got a problem with guys that they can they can get a get a hold of him and, and get him to the mat. We saw that play out last time, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Ospa got a hold of him and got him to the mat. Man, um, I haven't bet Osp yet. Um, I'm trying to. Um, I'm trying to not bet on shitty fights and fighters here. I did it last week though, and it kind of paid off a little bit. I finally had a had a winning event. Thanks to thanks a lot to Matt Brown. I appreciate that. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Oasp got this to the mat and uh, and maybe got a finish. I know Bowser's really really tough to finish. Uh, I I know Latifi was on top of him for for a big chunk of time and 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 their fight. But Latifi is not Osp on, on the mat either. Osp is a finisher uh, when he gets on top of guys. Um, so I, w- I was I was looking by Osp by maybe inside the distance or Osp by sub. Uh, there's some there's some pretty pretty big numbers out there. Um, if I if I do bet Osp, it's going to be by a prop like that. Uh, he's just slight plus money at this point, I believe. I, I think there's some some plus one fifty out there, so which, which isn't bad if 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 that's your side. If you're picking him, um, I'd rather just take a smaller shot on him at one of those props. So uh, I'm going to pick Osp in this spot. I, I just think he's he's the he's the more talented guy. It's just what has he got left at this point. Um, and I, I think Bowser's susceptible to, to getting taken down and getting laid on top of like we saw happen just in his last fight and has happened before. So I'm going to take some Moss. Um, I, I think he wins by sub here. Dan, Von Proof. Yeah, I don't disagree with a lot of what Wes said. I'm on a different side, but uh, I had to go check on my dogs because the dogs were barking. And, you know, you could say that about this fight. Um, I'm actually taking <laughs> Bowser. As a pick, but I did write down here, that, like, I don't blame anybody punting on OSB. It's hard to pick a method, though I don't disagree with the ground aspect that Wes said. Um, however, even though this is another fight where I want to be like, oh, decision, one guy, finish, it's OSP. Like, if OSP is really in shape and did, did a heavyweight fight but was training for light heavyweight, maybe he actually has cardio or more than the normal. It's hard to say OSP is so inconsistent. But yeah. I could see, like, a really weird performance where he just takes him down – maybe gets a decision so um my, my take still stands uh the one i gave on my podcast where if you want to play osp or an angle uh play osp but hedge uh, osp uh bozer over it's pretty juicy right now i think it's up to minus 150 but it's still you know playable chalk if you really want to take take a shot there uh as far as a hedge because if bozer wins it's going to be by decision and again osp if he's not able to get the finish Who's to say he doesn't just take Bozer down enough to even confuse these judges who should be scoring uh, on damage? So I feel like it's a mangle. Yeah, I, I find this one to be 
extremely tough to call. Uh, wouldn't be shocked if we see Auth get a takedown or two and, and ride out around, um, or, you know, maybe just sort of hold Bozer against the cage. There isn't going to be the same size disparity that he had in his last heavyweight fight against Ben Rothwell, where Rothwell was just able to, to really march him down and hold him up against the cage and, and uh, control those aspects of the fight when they got in tight. That's, that's not the, but, the hoser style. Bozer just got, you know, uh, thrown around by blown up fucking middle, middle weight, weight probably, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it, it's tough to to not see that happening. And, I mean, just adding to the, the MMA analysis rule book, there's a Canadian as a favorite here. Like yeah. <laughs> that's the angle. We can stop talking about it. We yeah, can stop talking about. That. Yeah, Canadians are fans. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Look, look at the other side. I mean, I, listen, guys. Let's, I'm not going out on a ledge here, and 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 I'm just going off strictly posture. Okay, the man's posture. But OSP looks like he's got a painfully huge piece. I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> Make what you will of it. But, but to but, your point, you know, look at the podcast we're on. What are we doing here? Yeah, I well, he's. It's, Brad, it's Brad, anatomically correct because he's got a huge ass too, so he has to have something on the other side. So he's got the balance. correct balance, right? Brad's brought up a great, great point lately, though, is that there's been some guys that have rated very high on, on the hog analysis scale that that have lost recently, and they did go to a new uniform uh, starting this year. And Brad, Brad has brought up the point to where these boys might not be perfectly comfortable when they're, when they're in their fighting. <laughs> that is when they're getting taken down though. Not when they're trying to do the takedowns. So it might work to his advantage here. As long as it's on the right side that he's trying to, <laughs> <laughs> to apply the pressure of the takedown. Like exactly. he likes to grab a left hip, you know, is the cup leaning, you know? <laughs> Either way, Venom Shorts, were they really going to make room for the two snakes, not just the one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Double snake pockets. Go on. That's right. Uh, there you go. That That's what you guys came here, here for. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Took Quota us a fill. while to get there, but, I mean, we're going to follow it up with another one because – Main event of the evening, we've got uh, the recently thick Alexander Volkov taking on the always thick Cyril Gunn. Um, this is, uh, it's actually a, a pretty solid fight. I'm not sure that it's going to be great to watch. Uh, I could see a few ways that this one plays out, but... Uh, I'm gonna let you guys talk about this one first. We'll we'll let the uh, the guest kick it off for the main event. Dan, go ahead. Yeah, man. I mean, speaking of solid fighter hog analysis, this thing is so tight it may come down to who looks better in a pair of skinny jeans. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> uh, because you know we're going into this one blind, right? We don't have that metric at our at our fingertips. Uh, Ooh, a little too close to. Anyways, you know, you know what I'm saying here. Uh, the point is, I think it's a, a tight fight, uh, but I actually went with the dog here, not just because it's heavyweight. Uh, and again, not that it matches that description, because I believe you said low level heavyweight. Let's give these guys some credit. They are more technical heavyweights, right? Um, uh, for, for for this division. That being said, I basically, I just think Volkov's kind of come into his own, even in his losing fight where he lost the typical way of being wrestled. 
he showed a lot of improvements against the guy. Say what you will. I picked Derek Lewis to beat him, granted. So it's not that I'm like super high on Blades, but Blades is a really good uh, positional rider and wrestler. Um, so the fact that Volkov was able to do that, I don't see uh, Gone able to do that. I think he's good in the clinch, but not good enough. Um, Volkov's at the, you know, recently, I know it's older Overeem, but when he recently beat one of the best clinch fighters um, in the history of the division. He got a switch dance in Southpaw look from Overeem, a South look from Harris, uh, both 6'5 guys which is gone, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, likes to fight a lot, a lot of tough ball. I feel like it's literally, you couldn't pick a more perfect time for Volkov to have this fight. So if there's any chance Volkov's going to beat this guy, even though he's the odds honor dog, I think he kind of should be favored, albeit slightly. So uh, I, I, put a, I just put a unit on Volkov, and then um, I, I played him here, I picked him. Not super confident, but I just feel like the wrong guy probably is favored, so I'll take a shot. Don't hate that. Wes? Yeah, yeah, I think I gotta, I gotta agree with uh, with Dan here. Um, he he's right that that Gon's not. He, he's a decent uh, clinch guy. I don't think he does a lot of work in it. He kind of controls. Um, but Volkov just have has problems with guys that that get into the clinch, uh, get him down, ride his back like like Blaze does and stuff like that. That's not that's not Gon, man. Um, I, this fight's going to be fought a lot in distance, I think, man. Um, that's just how Gon fights big chunks of his fights. That's how Volkov loves to fight, and he's very, very good at it. Um, you talk about Derek Lewis. Most people know how I feel about Derek Lewis. But Volkov was smoking <laughs> him. Volkov was smoking him, man. Mm. Derek Lewis called him fine. He, he got another And then what happens? He got he got another <laughs> one. He got, he got me once again, of course, but... I just think that shows Volkov's a, a really, really good fighter, and he, he does well against, um, you know, big dudes that don't have – like, Gon's not got a ton of good foot movement. He's he's kind of a plotting guy that, that throws one shot at a time, and that, that works against a lot of the heavyweight division. Um, I, I think Volkov is going to stay at some distance here. Uh, maybe Gon gets inside and does some clinch against the cage. Um, Volkov's going to keep this tight and – <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> talk about seeing something in those skinny jeans, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I I think if it comes down to the skinny jeans, are those Is even it, allowed in Russia? So uh, you you might Holy yeah you you might not be living the next day. You put on a pair of skinny jeans over in over in Moscow. That that might be a bad idea. Um, yeah. So I, I like Volkov here. I like Volkov to keep some distance in. I, I'm going to take a little shot on Volkov by decision here. I think this goes long. I, I think this is a, a lot of distance fighting, a lot of, of single strikes. Um, and uh, Volkov by decision is around plus 400. So I, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a little of the, the straight money. Uh, I'm, I'm with Dan too. I, I think this should be more of a pick them. I, I think this, uh, I could see gone winning a decision here as well. Like I, I think it's going to be a close kind of, uh, tight technical fight. The guy that lands the one or two more significant punches in a round is going to end up still in that round. And it's going to be a close decision, I think. Um, uh, so I, I, I could see Gon pulling that off as well, but I, I'm going to take the dog in a fight that I think should be a pick em, and that I think is going to long. I'm going to try to pick the guy I think that's going to win by decision and, uh, Volkov by decision is plus 400. I'll take a little bit of that as well. 
Yeah, this is a this is a tough one to call for me because uh, I can definitely see an angle where Volkov is throwing the more meaningful volume um, because a, a lot of what Gon wants to do is stay at distance and really just sort of control his opponent's actions. Uh, he, you know, he's going to touch your leg. He's going to touch you with the jab. Uh, he, he's not really going to commit to a whole lot, but he he wants to keep his opponent from doing anything to him. And he's very effective at that. And he's been effective at it <clears throat> against guys that have decent reach as well. But I'm interested to see how he's going to react when there's a guy that throws the same volume back at him that, that Volkov's willing to throw. So whether that means that Gon's actually the, the one to close the distance, get inside, maybe actually use his wrestling a bit because uh, I think that he's probably the, the, even though Volkov's put on some muscle, I think Gon's probably still the physically stronger guy. Uh, he might be able to get a, a surprise takedown or two in there and, and use that to not necessarily steal a round, but just sort of change the complexion of a round. <clears throat> Um, because obviously we've seen that Volkov has a great get-up game when he is able to, or, or when guys are able to take him down. So uh, this one's a, kind of a mystery to me. Um, I'm not sure if the the line's high enough on Volkov that I want to take a shot on him at this point. I definitely don't hate the decision prop. Uh, plus 400 is enticing because... Yeah, we we've seen Gon hit with some shots before. Uh, like JDS landed some some big shots on him early, and he just sort of shook him off. Um, like he recognized them and and stepped back, sort of, you know, gathered himself and and went about uh, whooping that poor old dude's ass uh, again. Um, so yeah, I I don't really have a, a strong feeling on this one. Maybe the over. Um, but even those aren't a great price anymore because uh, people started to see that Gon isn't the the powerhouse that he looks like. Yep. Uh, you know, some serious Czech Congo syndrome going on there. Not just because he's black and French, um, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, man, I I think that Volkov's experience gives him the slight edge. Uh, so I, I guess I'm going to pick him, but Gon is really the more uh, physically gifted of the two fighters, as Steve very aptly pointed out. That's right. Uh, so That's right. We'll, we'll see where this all leads, but uh, I think this might just be a, a case where if I am watching, since I myself will be gone to the cottage uh, <laughs> by the time that this fight is on, uh, I, I just might sit back and uh, and enjoy it and, and not have anything invested. But uh, hopefully it plays out as more of a high-volume, heavyweight striking affair than kind of the, uh, you know, justifiably tepid uh, affair that uh, Gon had with uh, Rosenstruck. Because um, obviously that, that dude packs one hell of a punch. So... Cut that is going team. to do it. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Actually, it would be the other way around. Sorry if he's on our... I'm, I'm getting all confused, Brad. Don't listen to me. <laughs> I, I try not to. It's okay. 
you know, you've been on the show for long enough now that, that we're good. Um, before we get out of here, we got uh, a PFL with a minus 4,000 favorite in the main events. Uh, if you guys want to talk about that at all, we got Bellator with a good old Timmy Big Dick in the main yeah. event. Timmy, uh, Timmy Big Dick is going for a title. That's 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 the only fight that actually really matters this weekend. That's it. That's that's the one. That's it. I'm surprised. I'm surprised I didn't get fired because one time for junkie staff picks because I do these late at night, which is a big problem. And I like maybe I thought I was talking to you guys or something, and like I submitted like Timmy Big Dick as the pick. I always got to. I also had to change the names to be like, clever to everybody, and I'm like, no one listens to the MMA analysis on the junkie staff. Probably now, no offense to you guys. I'm just saying like. They probably just think oh, I'm the no. biggest weirdo now. I mean, as if they don't already have enough reason. But, uh, yeah, if, if that didn't get me fired and if this doesn't, it's, it's been a pleasure. I didn't mean to hijack your outro there. but yeah. Oh, that that was not the outro yet. Hey, but... uh, our, Brad, Brad's, uh, uh, you know, his 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 penis names are starting to take over the mainstream. Though. I mean, Thick, Thick Willie kind of started to get out of, into mainstream a little bit finally. So maybe we, Timmy's we just... – Maybe Timmy Big Dig a, a catch on. <laughs> if he becomes a champion, there's there's well, no stopping it. I think he might be to the podcast. I mean, did you see the man weighing with like jeans and boots and to make it actually on. look cool, like non affliction, like he actually made it look cool. Like that's some that's some BDE right there. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, we're we're bringing it to people. We just need Thick Willie to get a win next time out, yeah. uh, so that so that the nickname doesn't peter out, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <but laughs> that is going to do it for this week's MMA analysis, Dan. We are very thankful for you uh, to to you for joining us. Uh, you can check Dan's stuff out at MMAJunkie.com. Uh, obviously the protect your neck podcast is tremendous. Um, go and listen there. It is not what you would, uh, typically expect from an MMA journalist, uh, quote unquote, uh, you know, some of my favorite MMA characters make, uh, make appearances in that one, in, including, uh, Pedo Forrester. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, and anything else you wanted to mention before we get out of here, Dan? No, nah, man, it, it, it was mostly cool as fuck. Obviously, you know, having a good time with you guys. That's why I listen to you guys. That's probably why I cracked one open for better or probably worse. Because uh, I haven't podcasted and drank for a minute. But it was a fun occasion, and you guys are dudes who I'm overdue to have a beer with in real life. So until we can make that happen, I will settle for this, and I appreciate you guys. Um, offering burnt out dudes like myself uh, some reprieve, some comic reprieve. Obviously, hopefully no one listens to this, takes this shit too seriously. And you guys are really great reminders of that. So thank you guys. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you. And uh, thanks to all the listeners. I will not be back next week, but the podcast will. Uh, enjoy the cards. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye, folks.